Hits on WTKS-FM HD1. Coco Beach, Orlando. Available anywhere you go on the iHeartRadio app. Download it now. Groundbreaking. Critically acclaimed. And now, The Phillips File. All right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. Yeah, it is. Here we go. It's the Phillips File. This one for Wednesday. That's Wednesday, May 16th, the year 2018. You know, on Wednesdays now, we veer away from the normal and take the first half hour and do something a little bit different uh, that we have not done in the past 30 years on this program. Today marks interview number 11 as the Phillips File continues to take the first 30 minutes of every Wednesday program to focus on the opioid and heroin crisis that has gripped Central Florida, gripped the rest of the nation as well. Our guest today is Keith Lester. Keith Lester is the Chief Operating Officer for New Season. New Season is a nationwide group of accredited opioid and opiate addiction treatment centers. Welcome, Mr. Lester. Thanks for helping us out with what we're trying to do on this program. We appreciate it. Tell Tell us about New Season, first of all. This is nationwide. This is a nationwide treatment center. Absolutely. So uh, we have 72 clinics across mm-hmm. 21 states. Uh, we focus uh, primarily on just substance abuse, uh, helping those patients in an outpatient setting recover. Okay. Um, in the state of Florida, we have 19 facilities. Um, we've been in Florida roughly 30 years. Now, your background is basically, you, you have a management background. Would sure. I, so, I mean, so walk me through the transition that you've seen for yourself i would imagine when you started your career in management i don't know your background what else you did and then you got involved with you've been you've been with new season for how long about 18 months so you're absolutely right so i've been in healthcare for 25 years okay when we look at this um this just alarming trend that has occurred uh with Mm -hmm. this opioid epidemic when i came to it it was very humbling um i like many people you develop uh, an idea of what is addiction, what are uh, right. these heroin addicts, what are these opioid addicts. And um, from the first time I visited one of the facilities, when I was interviewing, coming to New Season, um, I stood in a pharmacy and I watched patients come in and dose. And you see the entire spectrum. You see suits and ties, you see scrubs. Uh, I've met doctors, lawyers, nurses, professionals who've been affected by this. This and, is the biggest misnomer that the public has about opioid addiction. Absolutely. Yes. Because we all have that stereotype. We talk about it all the time, the stereotypes of the guy in the gutted, the skid row individual. And not that we don't have that as well, but we're talking about just essentially normal Americans who, for one reason or another, have fallen into this trap. Absolutely. I've met over a 1,000 patients just in Florida. I've mm-hmm. met with them one-on-one, and we discussed what, they, what brought them to a new season. And, you know, I've, I've the number of patients that have told me, uh, Keith, I didn't go to college to become a drug addict. Right. I didn't just wake up one day and say, I want to be a drug addict. It just happens. What I mean, what's generally what is their story? Do most of them come from, look, I, I got injured or I had back pain and they over they prescribed a certain particular opioid and before you know it, then I couldn't get any more and you're, went you're down the road. You're absolutely correct. Uh, when we look at the primary drug of choice here in Florida, it's typically opioids. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were in an accident. They got prescribed after dental surgery. After they broke an arm, uh, they got prescribed an opioid, and um, one led to two, 
led to five, led to 15 per day. And wow. you, you just can't. What happens when the prescription runs out? Correct. If you can't get a prescription, then patients then start seeking on the streets. You're going to do anything that you can to get a hold of something so you avoid withdrawal. Is that is uh, that what they tell you? So, you know, this is, this is uh, I'm tr- that's what we hear. Mm-hmm. The addicted just do not want to face withdrawal. Maybe they tried it once on their own and said, I'm not doing this again. Because it's so miserable. How do they describe it to you, that withdrawal? Uh, it's, 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 th- their entire body is aching. Uh, they just can't say she, it, the, the receptors aren't binding and they just, they, they convulse, they sweat, they vomit, they have diarrhea. It's just, you name it. Mm-hmm. There's a whole slew of, 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 of things that occur once they go into withdrawal and you're absolutely right. They will do anything to avoid that. So in your experience that most of the people who you've talked to have this particular addiction, mm-hmm. um, they got hooked because maybe overprescribed. I would imagine there's a certain percentage who may have gotten hooked because it was recreational. They they moved from one thing to another. They wanted to get high. But I just have the feeling now talking to everybody that we've talked to thus far, the vast majority of people, they weren't doing that. They didn't they didn't wake up in the morning and say, Hey, I want to become a an opioid or a heroin addict. I absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. Maybe back twenty years ago yeah. it may have been mm-hmm. recreational use. But I think today, uh, the patients that I see each and every day are, are patients that have typically were, were addicted to opioids. New season, how many states? Uh, 21 states. 21 states. Does it? Are you seeing from center to center, all right, the centers here in Florida as opposed to, let's say, Kentucky have a different problem? What's the problem that, you, that you're seeing with, with addiction here in central Florida well, as compared to the rest of the nation, if, if there is one? Well, even in the state of Florida, I mean, while opioids are still the primary drug of choice, mm-hmm. uh, we do see a see a, a huge prevalence of um, heroin coming into the Jacksonville area. Mm. Right, uh, and of course, with heroin, you then have fentanyl uh, because uh, heroin is expensive, and the drug dealers will lace it with fentanyl, and unfortunately, the patients will die. So, someone contacts uh, New Season. Mm-hmm. Are they referred to New Season by law enforcement, or is it basically a doctor says you got some problems and you need to? We, we're going to connect you to New Season. Mm-hmm. How does the How does the client or the patient connect to New Season? Um, it, it's It's funny. I, I thought that through um, advertising, that's how patients make their way into mm-hmm. any type of mm-hmm. medication assisted treatment. Uh, it's surprisingly word of mouth. Is patients it? who've been in treatment speak to patients on the street. And mm-hmm. that's where probably 90% of the patients will end up in our facilities. I, yeah, do, I would imagine that most people who have a problem with addiction aren't mm-hmm. spending a lot of time leafing through the newspaper looking. No. I would imagine, I, I guess there could be a search. You right. know, they, they need some help, but right. maybe not an inordinate amount of time looking for advertisements. Right. So typically when you see patients referred over, it mm-hmm. could be a loved one who's decided they want to help out mom, dad, their son. Uh, they'll do a web search. They'll come across a new season. Uh, we've got an 800, we've got a 24-7 call center downstairs. So basically 24-7, if a patient calls in, would like to seek treatment, we can help place them in a clinic. What's that telephone number, by the way, just so um, we can jot it down and put it on our uh, website? Sure, absolutely. It's 877-284-7074. Uh, and they can always go to newseason.com as well, and it lists all the facilities across the country. We're talking with Keith Lester with New Season, which is a nationwide uh, opioid treatment center uh, network. So how many clients basically are you seeing in Central Florida? And, and let me ask you, you know, and I ask this to everyone who comes on the program, is this crisis leveling off? Is it getting worse? Is it getting better? 
what's happening in your view? So in my view, when I look at just the number of patients that are coming into treatment, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, we see about an 8 to 10% growth year over year. Really? So it's, it's, it's definitely increasing. It's still peaking. It's still on the upswing. Yeah. So in Central Florida, if I look at the clinics between Orlando, Kissimmee, and Ocala. And Daytona uh, Beach, you have one too. Daytona right? Beach, yeah. mm -hmm. you're looking at roughly two and a half, three thousand patients. Oh, wow. Active patients today who are seeking treatment. Uh-huh. Now, is this residential when they when they cook up? That's a bad term. I shouldn't have used that. When they connect with New Season, is this a residential treatment program? It's an outpatient treatment. Outpatient, okay. Right. So we're regulated by DCF. So uh, patients, when they come into treatment, mm -hmm. uh, they'll come in daily for the first 90 days. So they're going to have to come in seven days a week. The clinic's open at 5 a.m. Uh, so patients, uh, depending on the facility, you may go by a facility at 5 a.m. and there may be 100 patients um, already outside. Uh, and primarily because they want to be able to get in, see their counselor, see their nurse, see their doctor, and get to work. Get their prescription and get out. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And new, am I correct in, in saying that basically with new season, it's a, it's a two-prong approach to addiction, mm -hmm. counseling, and some kind of, for want of a better term, a substance to keep them off uh, the, the property Withdrawal, that they're addicted right. to. Absolutely. I think the key to our success is our counselors. Um, when I meet with our counselors, our nurses each and every day, they are absolutely remarkable individuals. Um, so the counseling um, obviously helps the patient identify what are their triggers, what's causing their relapse, what's causing them to um, seek these illicit drugs. Um, the medication then they receive daily. Uh, and it could be either methadone, mm -hmm. it can be buprenorphine or suboxone, depending and on. And what's the difference among the three? Uh, methadone. I'm not asking. I mean, I know you're not a medical doctor, right. but why would I'm just wondering why one would be, you know, prescribed methadone as opposed to something else? It really depends on what their um, what their illicit drug of choice was. Okay. Um, so we see patients. Um, you can see patients that are just successful in buprenorphine um, or suboxone, uh, but methadone is probably 90 percent of the population within the state of Florida. What's the rate of failure? Um, Do most people relapse at least once? I, I actually don't look at failure. I look at success. Okay. Um, so I look at 90% of our patients. If they're a year in treatment, they are now illicit free, meaning they're not testing positive for any illicit medication. How often do you test them? Every day? Oh, no, no. Um, so uh, once they come into treatment, yes. we test them initially, and then we test them monthly. Oh, monthly. Uh, and then unless there's reason to, to suspect that, suspect that we need on. to test yeah. them more frequently. Yes. Okay. It's uh, so a urine drug screen. Uh, we collect a right. sample of urine, we send it off to a lab, and then we get the results. How do you determine, or how is it determined, I, I, I would imagine the counselors are the ones, or doctors can determine this, but you know, after someone connects with new treatment, goes through a particular program, you know, at what point do you say, okay, you're good to go, you don't, you need, you don't need to be with us anymore? Who dismisses right. them? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Right. you know, it's like, okay, you're all it's, good, and it's good part, luck with your life. Right, it's part of the treatment plan that the counselors put together with the patient. Yeah. Uh, and... You know, what we remind patients is you've, you've, you've sought illicit drugs for six years. Um, you're not going to complete treatment in six days. Right. But we need to be realistic. Um, so working out a plan day, every week, every month with your counselor, that puts the plan in place of when patients will then be discharged from therapy. You have kids? I do not. Okay. I was just wondering because when people come on the program, I always ask whether they're former you know, recovering addicts, addicts, or whether they're in management. And they had a, a a drug problem previously. I said, right. you know, if you have kids, what do you what do you tell your kids about all this kind of stuff to 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 keep them away from 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 these problems? The, the heart wrenching piece is I've met kids. 
I've met 21 year olds, 22 year olds. I've met mothers and fathers who bring their kids to, to, to the clinic. Uh, I met a a mother in Daytona who all four of her kids are actually in treatment with her. Really? And it, it just shows that, you know, mother got addicted and unfortunately one child, second child, third child, fourth child. Jeez. Let me take a little break. We got some more questions for you. Keith Lester is our guest today. And every Wednesday we take the first 30 minutes or so and try to focus on the opioid crisis here in Central Florida, Keith Lester is the chief operating officer for New Season. New Season is a network of addiction centers across the nation. With how many in the state of Florida now, Keith? Nineteen. Let me take a break. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. It's the Phillips File on Real Radio 104.1. It's the Phillips File for every for Wednesday. And, of course, as I said, every Wednesday we take the first 30 minutes of the program and uh, try to focus as best we can on the opioid, opiate, and heroin crisis here in Central Florida. Keith Lester is our guest for the next 10 minutes or so, maybe 15. Keith Lester is the chief operating officer for New Season. New Season is a nationwide group of accredited opioid addiction treatment centers, including how many in Central Florida now, Keith, do you have? We've got four here in Central Florida. See, we're talking about one of the centers uh, on the the east side of town. Um, we don't need to name the location or anything like that, but you said at four o'clock in the morning, you might have how many people lined up for their, for their, like, what do you call it, dosing with that? Exactly. So you know, it's, it's very possible at four, four thirty in the morning, they're going to, there'll be a hundred people lined up, um, to see their counselor, do their urine drug screen, meet with a physician, get their dose and then go to work. I wonder whether, mm. you know, thinking about this, maybe a lot of people might say, well, what kind of problem do we have in central Florida? Don't, I don't see anybody, but maybe if they drove by there at four o'clock in the morning, four thirty in the morning, they might okay. Something's going on here. We got a problem somewhere mm-hmm. along the line. Right. I asked you before we took the break whether you see it getting better, worse, or uh, plateauing out. What again? What is what is your observation? Um, well, again, I think that I'm not saying necessarily it's going to get. It's getting worse, but we are seeing an increase, uh, and it could be that uh, patients that have been uh, addicted for many many years are just now deciding they need to seek treatment. Mm-hmm. So if someone wants to contact a new season, do they just call the number and they say, show up and we'll do a, we'll do a, a review. We'll, we'll sit down, talk with you and, and just go from there. And how soon in a treatment program get underway with new season? Absolutely. So we have a phenomenal call center actually in this building. Um, it's operated 24 seven. We've got some okay. phenomenal um, call center operators. Um, when you call into the eight seven seven two eight four seven zero seven four, 284 one of our, uh, employees will basically guide them into treatment uh, where they live. Okay, they live here in Orlando. Uh, we can they can immediately access the calendar in the facility and say mm-hmm. yes, we actually have a spot tomorrow morning. We have a physician on site. You can start your treatment tomorrow morning. No kidding, it's that Absolutely. it's that quick. Absolutely. And usually, and you and so it's counseling. Mm-hmm. And when you mean by counseling, does the does the client let's call them client? Do they meet with a counselor on a daily basis, monthly? How how does that work? It all, it all depends on what phase the patient is in. So okay. when they initially come into treatment, uh, they're going to meet with their counselor once a week mm-hmm. uh, to get through that first phase, right? So once they get through the induction phase, uh, they'll meet with their counselor once a week. They'll do some urine drug screens, uh, and then they'll move into a maintenance phase. Once they get in a maintenance phase, just based on the criteria here in Florida, that dictates how frequently they need to meet with their counselor. Tell us again the difference that you've seen. I mean, when we talk about you being the chief operating officer, you're the chief operating officer for every new treatment center in the United States? A a new season, excuse me. Mm -hmm. Correct. All 72 of them. All 72. Mm -hmm. And what do you see in one part of the the country as opposed to Florida? Is there 
I mean, you hear from, well, we've got a major right. problem here now with fentanyl. We've got a major now. Our major problem here is opioids. It's pills. What, what are you seeing? Um, I think the one thing I see is the patients are all the same. Meaning? Meaning um, they're from all walks of life. Um, so the, the population in Florida is no different than the population in New Hampshire or Georgia or Alabama. Uh, these are patients that, unfortunately, you know, got addicted to illicits and decided they need to seek treatment. Now, the drug of choice is different based on geography. Um, so we see a lot of pills. Okay. As I said before, there's a lot more heroin being used in Jacksonville. Uh, up in the Northeast, uh, New Hampshire, Maine, a lot more heroin uh, laced with fentanyl. Uh, um, fentanyl is the, the latest scourge. Not that any of them are any good, but fentanyl is used as a, as a uh, to, uh, they step on heroin. Right. For, for, what, for what reason? Well, fentanyl is cheap. Okay. So fentanyl looks like heroin. It looks like a white powder. So they basically lace the heroin with fentanyl uh, because it's a cheaper substitute. So they're really cutting it. Correct. Right? Like they used to, what it was, a baby, not baby aspirin, but something. I mean, they're used, other drugs have also been cut. Well, that ba- way the baby deal, laxative. Baby laxative, that's what it is. Yep. It was, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, what they used to cut it with. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm just, you know, I, 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 I'm just amazed at the, at the number of people who, would you, I've heard this before. Would you, they say just about any place where you work, there's probably someone who's got a problem with opioid addiction, but you just wouldn't know it. Many of these people are—they're working, are they? They're not. Absolutely. You know, they don't—they don't fit into that stereotype of you know they're underneath the bridge. They got a syringe in their arm. They're just—they're—they're they're essentially working stiffs like the rest of us, but they're. But they've got this addiction that they're trying to control, and they're trying to control it because they're so deathly afraid of withdrawal because it's so bad. Absolutely, uh, uh, the the you know hundreds and hundreds of patients that I met here in Florida, um, they wake up each morning, they'll pop five, ten oxycodone, they can then go to work. Uh, then after work, they then start the process of where can I get my next set of pills in order to get up the next morning go to work take them out of somebody's medicine cabinet and it, it depends on how what kind of access they have correct right so do you give them actually what i find interesting about this process is that yes you may be able to alleviate their withdrawal by giving them these replacements mm-hmm. right but if you're not doing counseling if it's not a multi-layered approach i'm not sure it's is it ever really fixed if you don't fix what's up here in your head yeah you can give them you know a, a week's worth of pills when they check out at five in the morning, but is it is counseling an option? And does is it just one on one? Is it group? Is it family? What is it? So, for medication assisted treatment or outpatient treatment programs, medication or counseling is 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 our key um, key approach. Required. It's required. Absolutely. It is required. Um, there are different types of treatment modalities out there. There's OBOTs where physicians will prescribe buprenorphine. Um, there may not be counseling associated with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we see in success is the actual the counseling that's provided. Um, so we do individual counseling. We do group counseling. Uh, we encourage patients to bring in their family. Uh, but uh, I've also met many, many patients who their family do not know that they're in treatment. And they don't really? want them to know. No. Absolutely. They can hide it that well that their family Absolutely. doesn't know? Absolutely. Yeah. Huh. So it's like Absolutely. functioning alcoholics. They're functioning opioid users. Absolutely. Huh. Yeah, I don't want to be flip, but there was a line from uh, a television series long ago, Wire, that was called The Wire. And one of the lines from one of the persons who was, I think, addicted from one of the characters said the hardest working man out there is the dope man because these are people who have a job 
and then they have the job of finding something that will keep them from withdrawal. I just can't imagine. I just can't imagine. I mean, it's a daily process. You've got to put food on the table. You have to take care of your family. You have to take out care of all the nonsense that goes on with your daily life. And then this added, you know, this added trouble of, of addiction where you've got to fulfill that somehow. You've got to keep the you got to keep the devil away, so to speak, when it comes to withdrawal. That's hard work. You're absolutely right. So on the normal day when the patient wants just to come in and dose, we want to get them in and out in five minutes. Mm -hmm. Uh, If they have to see their counselor, they're going to stay there a little bit longer. Sure. Um, But I have talked to patients out in Pensacola who said uh, they would spend three, four, five, six hours driving around the city trying to find illicit drugs. Mm -hmm. We have a couple of texts that came in for, uh, for you, Keith. Uh, yeah, one uh, texter wants to remain anonymous. However, they're asking, uh, do you treat cocaine abuse? Is there medicine to counteract the cravings for that, or is it just uh, opiates that you deal That's with? That's a good question. We're, we're licensed and provided. Well, the services that we provide are for opiate opiate users only. Okay. Mm-hmm. Any other texts? Uh, yeah, uh, also uh, people, uh, uh, one about uh, is does insurance help cover this? What are the... The the cost with treatment is one, and the other thing uh, uh, raises a question on methadone. How hard is it to get off of the methadone once you use that to get off the heroin? Right. Or are you uh, on it forever? So, so two parts, right? So first is really partnering with uh, Medicaid and the commercial insurances in Florida. Uh, we started that process well over a year ago. Okay, uh, It's not an easy process, I'll just be honest. Uh, some of the insurance carriers won't cover methadone, uh, and that's there's a long debate about that just because Medicare doesn't have it as a benefit. Uh, but we're working through that. So mm-hmm. we are every day contracting, attempting to negotiate contracts with uh, the providers so that we could obviously uh, help the patients. Yeah, if talk they've got right insurance, why not? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, second part was how long will they be on methadone? Right. Um, and again, it's all dependent on the patient. Right. So once you start methadone, methadone therapy, um, we obviously want to get you to a titrated level where you're no longer seeking, so all the receptors get bound up. What would you right? call it? A what level? Uh, a, a titrated level, so a therapeutic level. Sorry. Oh, I see. Uh-huh. So we, we want to get you to a dose where all those little receptors that were wanting the, the bad opiates, those right. are all blocked. Right. Uh, and now they're on. Now you've got a, a methadone level that, that will keep you not seeking those illicit um, drugs. And then we start titrating you down. So it's all individualized per patient. Um, again, I was telling more earlier, uh, I met a patient that's, been in treatment for 19 years. Um, he's on a very low dose, but you know, he said, Keith, I remember what I was doing 19 years ago and I'm not going back there. Right. I have a house. I have a family. I have a job. This is my routine. Hmm. Oh, well, is, uh, I'm sorry. Well, I mean, I was just, I'm, I'm just going through I mean, cause we've talked to people who, you know, whether they're, they're on methadone or some other kind of treatment program. And I'm just wondering whether I think one of the recovering addicts or one of the addicts told us some of his friends know, but people at work do not know. Because mm-hmm. I would imagine that there's, that, that there's, you don't want the boss to know or you don't want the employer to know. Correct. I Correct. think there's still a lot of stigma or shame. That's the word I just wrote down, Jim. Shame. Yeah. Is there still a lot of shame associated Must with be. this? Absolutely. Is Absolutely. Yeah. The number of patients I've met who... You know, they, they hit rock bottom. They, they, you know, they were trying to do that eight-hour day, and they just could no longer do it. Mm-hmm. And they realized they needed help. Is it most of the shame because they just can't do it themselves, or is it shame and guilt because of the problems that they're creating for their, for their families and their friends? I think it's a, I think it's a second, second part. So when you look at the, mm-hmm. um, the amount they were spending on illicit drugs, mm-hmm. I mean, the, these patients were spending anywhere from 200 to $300 Jeez. a day um, on illicit drugs. 
And, you know, I've met patients who they basically have gone through an entire 20-year 401k, uh, their daughter's tuition, yeah, uh, their da- yeah. daughter's college account. It's now all gone. That's all gone, and then they may engage in illicit or criminal activity to feed that habit as well. Correct. Mm. All right, Keith, one more time, the uh, telephone number for uh, new treatment. Absolutely. If people need to get a hold of you and want to get a hold of you. Absolutely. So 24-7, anyone can call 877-284-7074. Keith Lester, the Chief Operating Officer for New Treatment, which is a nationwide group of accredited, new season, excuse me. I don't know why I say that all the time. New season, which is a, a nationwide group of accredited opiate addiction treatment centers. Thanks for helping us out this afternoon. We appreciate it. You're most welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's the Phillips File on Real Radio 104.1. Let's get some news. By the way, um, thanks to Keith Lester, yes. who's the chief operating officer for New Season. And my apologies. I kept calling it New Treatment, but it's New Season. New Season, new season is a nationwide group of opiate addiction treatment centers. And we want to thank him for stopping by and help us to try to get a handle on this heroin opioid crisis that we have in central florida much like the rest of the nation let's get some news here's my let's start out by talking about opioids jim attorney general for florida pam bondi pam pam says our state is fully prepared to go to war with the pharmaceutical industry over the opioid epidemic she announced at a recovery center over in tampa Mm. yesterday that florida is seeking billions of dollars in damages from eight drug companies who manufacture are involved in the manufacture and marketing of opioids good for her a little late to the party yes It accuses the companies of racketeering and deceptive trade practices trying to hide the dangers of opioids so they could make more money. She says 15 Floridians die every day from opioid addiction. But now let's talk about something really important. The royal wedding on... No, not you. The royal (laughs) wedding on Saturday. It turns out that Meghan Markle's father, Thomas... Will not attend the royal wedding after all. Well, which is it, Thomas? I've read a fascinating article in the New Yorker about the royal family, and the I have a newfound respect for her uh-huh. and this royal family. They're just they're that Prince Charles, Prince Charles visiting a friend one time. Friend. actually had all his furniture moved out of his apartment Why? to be placed in the friend's apartment while he paid a visit. Oh, he didn't want to sit up. squirrely because they're all inbred. They're all, oh, you know, stop. they're all second Weird. cousins removed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually had all his furniture moved out and into the friend's because apartment. Because he was paying, yeah, paying a visit. Because he didn't want to sit on the friend's furniture. <laughs> I guess so. He just wanted his own furniture. He's too fancy to sit on somebody else's couch. <laughs> That's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And they say they're the biggest mooches around. The oh, Prince Charles stuff, and uh, what's her name? Uh, Camilla. Camilla, the biggest mooch. They, they mooch they everything. They don't pay for anything, huh? Those two. Yeah. Nothing. I mean, their yearly income is like 40 million pounds, but they mooch everything. <laughs> want to stay for free on a yacht, want free uh, oh, air okay. travel. Where are you getting this info? New Yorker, he says. New Yorker. Ah. New Yorker. <laughs> well, it turns out that Meghan Markle's father told TMZ, and now TMZ has become respectable in some of this stuff, that he's not even going to be able to travel to England because he's going to have surgery to repair damage from a recent heart attack. He checked himself into the hospital yesterday after experiencing chest pains just a few hours after he told TMZ that he had hoped, against all hope, to walk his daughter down the aisle on Saturday. But no, mm -mm, he's not even able to do that. So that's kind of sad for me. Uh, One man is dead, Jim, in Lake Mary, right in my neck of the woods, in a police-involved shooting in in just a shopping plaza. What was that all about? You know what? I don't know. It was road rage. Three Lake Mary police were... start. Yeah. 
It started out with road rage. It happened on Lake Mary Boulevard. You know, the first thing when I read about this last night, the headline on the... Yeah, I thought it was connected to you or George or somehow. I said, oh, my God. (laughs) I did. It's road rage in Mid Lake oh, Monday. I, did. I said, oh, my God. Yeah. Moira got What happened? No. Oh, Mo. No, no, no. We were home. In, uh, no. Oh, Mo. No, no. The lordy, lordy, I'm praying that they're safe. Uh-huh, thanks. Sheriff's office says the officers approached the guy. Uh, there was some road rage incident on Lake Mary. They approached him in the parking lot of this plaza. He gets out of his SUV and he pulls a gun out. That's not going to end well. Never. One officer, of course, turned a gunfire on him. Yeah, shoot it out with the cops. And they had a shootout right there in the plaza. And, and the suspect died. None of the officers were hurt. But, oh, yeah, yeah. Speaking of officers shooting, let's move down to Orlando. Remember Juan Silva? He was shot by Orlando police last week during a confrontation in another shopping plaza. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in the, is it Marshalls or somewhere? He was in the store with some people, and there was some shoplifting going on. Right. He was the getaway driver. Right. You know, you need a driver, right? You need a, you need a wheel man. Duh. Yeah. And so these two women were accused of shopping and stealing baby clothes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it turns out the car, the family says, wait a minute. I thought you had a policy against shooting into vehicles. There is a policy. OPD. What happened to my brother here? No this gun is- in the car. No weapon in the car. No weapon. Now the car moves and, you know, the, the always the claim, well, we are in fear of our life because the car moved. But I think there's an OPD policy, essentially. And, you know, these weren't people that did they get. This wasn't an armed robbery. This is shoplifting. Right. This is not saying 911. We we just had somebody stuck a gun in their face and they made off with big bags of money and some baby clothes. It was shoplifting. Yeah. At first, John Mina said the day of the shooting that um, officers were in fear for their lives. But then he added later, Uh, you're not supposed to shoot into a car because if you kill the driver, you then turn that car into a 3,000 pound missile. Because then the car's going all which, you know, every which way. Yeah, you don't know what's going to happen to the car if the driver shot. Of course. Then you're putting your officers in harm's way. You're putting mm-hmm. other people in harm's way who may be yeah. in that shopping district. This story's not over. They were with. driving away, though. That's the other thing that's a little sketchy. There's a cell phone video that one of the TV stations is running yeah. showing the back end of the car that they shot into. Like, okay, listen. Is that Channel 9? No, 6. Oh. Why? I, I just oh, know I you had some no, interaction with... Somebody from Channel 9 earlier. Yeah, today. yeah, yeah. Oh, he is adorable. Jorge? Yeah, George He's Espes. better looking in person oh, than he is on TV. And he, and he is the nicest guy in the sweet. world. Sweet. It's cute dimples. Sometimes and, you don't know about these TV people. You know, radio yeah. TV people yeah, are like yeah. sailboats, motorboats. You know, it's like, yeah, okay, yeah. all right. But Which because one of, some of them are real snotballs. He's a... Uh, he's, He's just, he's adorable. I'd he's the nicest guy. We're sailboats and TV people are motorboats. No, I think right? we're Yeah, they're milled. polluters. Oh. Yeah, polluters. Oh. Yeah, you want Make your, noise. Your quick fix, but you want the elegant uh, activity of Thank sailing. You. Oh. Where you, yeah, where it really takes, uh, you know, stones uh. to be able to, you know, mm-hmm. to match yourself George, against the winds. Or, hey, that George has that's to, radio. He's, yeah. a, he's, a, he's the nicest guy in the world. Stones. His husband was there. Let me just say, I want to. I just want to get very clear right now. No, I'm not going to TV. No, put on some what foundation. What I will tell you is not only is he beautiful, but he, he smells talking? delicious. Unbelievable. He is yeah, something. He I mean, smell talking. like. He smells delicious. I don't know what cologne. I don't know what the cologne. He looks like he would like smell good. He, that's what Pinkman said. Huh? He smells. Yeah, he does look like he would smell good. He looks like he would smell good. 
And he does. What, like bay rum? I mean, what, no, what no, a, he doesn't smell like rum. He smells like, like bay Cobar. rum. Bay rum. It's oh. A, oh, no, I don't know. Captain like Morgan's? What? Stop it. High karate. No, he doesn't smell like Old Spice or anything. He smells English good. English leather. No, he doesn't smell like that. Well, I don't know. Maybe. But I don't know. Jade East. <laughs> Dracar Noir. Stop it. He is really adorable. I'm just saying. He's a nice guy. I yeah, like yeah, him yeah. a lot. Uh, let's see. I didn't mention earlier that today, May 16th, 2018, is National Coquille St. Jacques Day for food. Coquille St. Jacques is Coquille scallops. Jacques, yeah. It's a scallop dish. Served on a shell. So good. How do you spell it? Never mind. I Coquille. Found it. Yeah, St. Jacques. Coquilles. Coquilles St. Jacques. Yeah, in a kind of a creamy sauce. Oh, it's so good. Well, it looks delightful. It is. It's so um, delicious. Those uh, big uh, sea scallops. The big oh, yeah, ones. Bro. Yeah, big, yeah, you gotta have the big, big, yeah, ones. big Make sure there's scallops. What else would it be? Shark. They could stamp it out of some other fish, and it's yeah, not really scallop. Or yeah. fluke. President Donald Trump Jim filed a financial disclosure report that reveals that he indeed paid a gob of money to his personal attorney, Michael Cohen, in the range of from 100000 to 250 It was Rudy Giuliani who said, you know what? The president actually repaid the Stormy Daniels money to Michael Cohen for porn star Stormy. And um, she said she had an affair with the president. He denies it. Then what did he pay Cohen for? Oh, you know, it seems a little <laughs> sketchy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and he fully reimbursed him uh, in tw- sometime in 2017. And now there's, there's there's gossip that essentially you know oh. remember the Republican financial guy that paid off the Playboy bunny that he impregnated. Yeah, there's some kind of conversation. Chatter. That's not true. It was really Donald Trump it was Broidy. impregnated. Yeah, the guy was Broidy that they were. Yeah, yeah, Broidy. Four point four million. Broidy, but Broidy. Broidy. What kind of name is that? Broidy. I don't know. Broidy. What's oh, up, Broidy. Bro? Take the trash out, Broidy. No, that's his last name. Oh, take the trash out when Broidy's good and ready, Mom. Pop you right on the nose. No, his name is like, I don't know what it is. I'm taller than you. It's Stuart Broidy or something Broidy. Stuart. I don't know. I just made that up. But it's something Broidy is his last name. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Broidy. Yeah, we're the sailing of media. Yeah, it's not like Broidy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's not like Michael Broidy. I don't know what his name is, but anyway. It's Broidy. Broidy. Yeah. It's his El- last name. It's Elliot Broidy. Elliot Broidy. Better See? pull down the sails and sounds fire like up the a motor. <laughs> or like mildewed <laughs> pontoon he sounds boat. like a member of the tribe to me. Elliot Broidy. Don't you think? <laughs> He's one of ours? Uh, right? Yes. yes. He's married to someone named Robin Rosenzweig. Mm, another the the lottie dot is the dinghy of news. Stop it. No, that's not true. <laughs> it's a lifeboat. <laughs> hey, very important that you pay attention to a lifeboat, I must say. There was a black man in Miami who was eating at one of those Cheesecake Factory restaurants, a giant one down in Miami at Dayland Mall. Mm. And he Where are the says, spring rolls? You get like 15. It's so good. Ooh. That's too much food. No, what I, I have a problem because their menu is like a phone book. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like 55 pages of options, and it makes food. me a little anxious. Anyway, this man went into the um, Cheesecake Factory in Miami at Dayland. And he, he claims he was singled out because he's black and was wearing a red Make America Great Again hat. Whoa. And um, he says he, he was supposed to be on Fox and Friends this morning. I don't know if he oh ever made it. Steve um, Ducey. He's a 22-year-old guy. <laughs> yeah, that's right, with Steve what Ducey. It's a lot of fun. Uh, his name is Eugenio Joseph. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says the incident occurred on Mother's Day, just on Sunday, as he was eating there with several people, including his girlfriend and her mother yeah. for Mother's Day. Cheesecake Factory has indeed suspended the employee involved pending an investigation. To take your hat off. Well, he had his hat on, and he says they made fun of him because of his hat. Because it was Trump. Make America well, Cheesecake great. Factory, you have your hat on, hat off. I mean, other off. restaurants, hats off. I'm just saying, hats no, off. No, 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 no. I don't know. Cheesecake Factory, what do you think? Pretty, yeah, yeah, off. 
Oh, oh totally. hats off. off. I'm just asking. I've been to a cheesecake factory in years. It's it's lovely. If you want to wear a hat in a restaurant, it better be the kind of restaurant where you go to the counter to get your food. Yeah, this is a waitress place, yeah. and it's nice. It's nice. Okay. Yeah, wear a suit. No, you have to wear a suit. Take your hat off. But no tank no. tops. Oh, God, no. I don't yeah. want to see your arms. I saw that at Emeralds once. But I'm not going back there. <laughs> well, now it's really? closed. You can't close. go back. Yeah. Oh, all right. Uh, the only place you can wear a hat at a, a restaurant oh. is those theme park restaurants. That's about right. Well, that's where Emeralds was, but you couldn't wear it in there. Yes, you could. It was icky. No, yeah, they're like... not doing anything to piss off a, you know, oh, a tourist there. Yeah, You're true. not going to do that. I ate at the French restaurant once at Epcot, and I had a hat, and I was self-conscious about it. But I had hat head. What was I going to yeah, do? You I look was in weird the park. To take it off. Yeah. You go in there, you get a little water, you fluff out your hair a little bit. There may not. And you then put it under the hot air blower. You know who has a weird haircut? Blow it out. A weird haircut. That's why you find them facing up sometimes. <laughs> yeah, oh, right? I, don't, I don't know what they're blowing. <laughs> exactly. but, uh, uh, I'm not sure what they're blowing when the when the thing is turned side. Well, in the ladies' room, it's a different thing, I though. I don't know. President Trump says, we'll see what happens. When they asked him, are you going to meet with Kim Jong-un? It looks like that the North Korean leader has canceled a meeting with South Korea. Thinking about and he's it. also canceled, uh, looks like he's going to cancel the meeting with the Trumpster that's supposed to happen on June 12th. Uh, there was a photo op today. Reporters were screaming at the president. Are you going to meet? Are you going to meet with uh, Kim? You know, with, are you going to? He said, we'll see what happens. They're not giving up their nuclear weapons. I'm telling you that right now. That's not happening. And now Kim Jong-un says, okay, we'll give them up, but you give them up too. And, you know, Trump's like, I don't think so. Anyway, nobody knows if it's going to happen or not. Uh, this is what North Korea regime, the father... was too good to be true. How's he going to get that Nobel Peace Prize then? Oh, he's very sad about that. Uh, yeah. Donald Trump Jr., you know, one of the sons... Echel and Jekyll. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Beavis and Butthead. Orfo and Dorfo. <laughs> Dumb and Dumber. Uh, right. But it, this is the Donald one with the dark... Eric. This is the dark-haired one, yeah. <laughs> Good uh-huh. one, Josh. The, real, uh-huh. the older one. The Right. The namesake. Uh, he had an interview with the Senate Judiciary Committee detailing what was going on in Trump Tower that involved the Russians, and they released the transcripts today from right. that interview. Right. Um, Don Jr. told the Senate investigators, I can't remember if my I told my father about the Russian meeting. Yeah. Well, who, did I you just, call, who did you call right after that meeting? Because they know there was a call went made. Went to a blind number. Went to a blocked number. Uh-huh. And, and I know uh, he made it. Well, I got I got news for you. Maybe the Senate number. doesn't know about it, but Mueller does. Yep. He knows exactly who you called. Oh, boy. Yep. But they released all the transcripts, and, uh, you know, it looks very uh, sketchy. He's He's using the old indicted. Ronald Reagan defense. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. All right. Birthdays, please. Oh, Jeepers. Do we do Come the food? Come on, Mo. I did the food. It was yeah, Cocoa Oh, that's right. Uh-huh. You're not one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. La Coco Vent. Mm-hmm. They have it there. I don't know. Happy, that. happy birthday today to Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> You know, he was Bond one time. Happy, happy birthday! Remington Steel. That's and right. Remington Steel, too. And Mamma Mia. Oh, uh, that was a good time. Pass. He is. Oh, he knows. Okay, so you. No, pass on Mamma Mia. 65. He is 65. Thank you. You knew? Thank you. I did not know. Oh, come on. I didn't know. Outrageous. Oh, let's just wait for it. Yeah, let's. Okay. Watch this. There you go. Uh-huh. Bring it on. Janet Jackson. Do it. Pass. Nasty. you did know that. No, I didn't know about Pierce Brosnan. Pinky. She is 56. Nope. I think she might be my age. 51. I'll say 
52? On the dot, yes, oh, 52. Oh, you son of a gun. I knew she was my age yeah. for a while. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, next time around, you'll be the same age for four minutes. Uh Let's see. How about Megan Fox, that beauty? I have Ooh. no idea. Megan oh, Fox is... What are you going to do? Uh, Megan Fox yeah. is, uh, believe it or not, 33. Oh, please. She older. is, older. believe older. it or not, 38. She's the one with nope. the tattoo on her arm? Yes, 37. What? What'd you say? I don't know, 33? 30, yeah. You get it. She's 32. <laughs> well, she looks older. <laughs> no, she doesn't. Yes, she yes, does. She does. Oh, oh, she doesn't. Don't even try. Whatever. And that's Finally. the Lottie Don. Just call me Moira. We'll take a little break. We'll load, open up those lines, and Mr. Pinkman will choose one of you at random to play against him in a bonus round of closest to the pin. If you win, of course, you will get that You Matter business card that will guarantee you good fortune for the rest of your life. However... If you lose, batten down the hatches. Bad luck for 24 hours. All next on Real Radio 104.1. Your next chance to win $1,000 is just minutes away on Real Radio 104.1. And now the Phillips File presents a game that is not about being right or wrong. Wrong! It's a game that rewards the lucky. Hey, everybody! We're all gonna get late! It's a game where you just have to be close. That's right! You've got that right! The game is closest to the pin! Let's go while we're young! And now, here's your ever-excited host, Jim Phillips! That's right, a bonus round of closest to the pin. Ben is on the line. Ben will play against Pinkman if Ben wins. He will receive a You Matter business card guaranteeing him good fortune for the rest of his life. It's a nice card. If he loses, however, he will have bad luck for 24 hours. To what degree, I don't know. We never hear from people who've had that 24 hours of bad luck. It could be really super duper bad Oh, my, luck. yeah. I think one time we did, and they said they got in a car accident that no. day. Yes. Yeah. Uh-oh. My That's advice to you, bad. if you lose to Pinkman, yeah. stay in bed, pull the sheets up, and uh, go to sleep for 24 hours. All right, Mr. Pinkman, if you'll go to the soundproof booth, we'll bring you back okay. in a couple of minutes. Then I want to talk about LSD. All right. Hey, Ben, how are you today? Pretty good. How are you doing? All right, Ben, I got 10 questions for you, including the infamous crow question on the end. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right, buddy, right into the telephone so I can hear your answers. Here we go. Countdown for Ben. Uh, in three, two, one, begin. Ben, a rare blue diamond has just sold for $6.7 million, but how old is actor Lou Diamond Phillips? 70. Last year, Phillips played Marshall West Lincoln on an episode of Hawaii Five O. But how old was Abraham Lincoln when he was shot? 48. In minutes, the movie Lincoln starring Daniel Day-Lewis runs how many minutes? 141. How old is former Hollywood actress Doris Day? 68. In the millions, what was the budget for the movie Dog Day Afternoon with Al Pacino? 25 million. Al Pacino was nominated for an Academy Award for its performance in the movie Serpico that came out in what year? 1977. Al Bundy was a character on the TV sitcom Married with Children, a show that debuted in what year on Fox? 1999. Serial killer Ted Bundy was put to death in what year? 1989. Ted Turner, the founder of CNN, won the America's Cup sailboat race in what year? 1975. Get it within 25, you went outright. If Ted Turner was a crow in Cincinnati, Ohio, his birthplace, 
You would have to fly how many miles to reach Atlanta, Georgia? 725. Time. All right, there you go. 725. Let's bring in Pinkman. Here he comes. Mm-hmm. All right. He's going to want the dice, probably. I'm sure he's got to roll those dice. Do, 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 do. Rolling bones. I bet that's a good comedy tour. Dave Chappelle and John Stewart are teaming up. Ooh. Or what? A, a comedy tour. Oh. Uh huh. Dave Chappelle and John Stewart. Dave, oh, cool. Dave Chappelle and John Stewart, yeah. Okay. I don't know if they're coming close to here, but they're. I think that would be a really good tour. I've seen Seinfeld a couple of times here. He's funny. Seinfeld? He's, I, a, it's got a, he's funny. He's, he's really funny. funny. You ever seen John Stewart do stand up or no. with Dave Chappelle? What, one Jew make you think of another? I don't know why he went to Seinfeld. <laughs> why did they say Seinfeld? You said John Stewart. I did, yeah. I, I sort of Jesus, circled back I'm having to one of those days. <laughs> Wait, you had one of those days yesterday. I'm having one of those days now. It's just, it's just, it's part of the process. And yeah. It's... Yeah. You know, but really, let's talk about this BB Netanyahu. <laughs> let's, just, what? let's hop from Jew to Jew. Oh. Oh. I have 10 questions for you, Mr. Pingman. Your handicap is set at 18, but I will allow you to roll the dice. Whatever number you roll, we will take off the number 18. That will be your handicap this afternoon. Julio. So, BB, roll those dice. <laughs> oh. Seven! Seven. Okay, there you go. How do you get seconds. it, Pinkman? 10 questions for way. you, including the crow question on the end. Here we go. Countdown for Pinkman. In three, two, one, begin. Pinky, a rare blue diamond, has just sold for $6.7 million, but how old is actor Lou Diamond Phillips? Uh, 60. Last year, Phillips played Marshall Wes Lincoln on an episode of Hawaii Five-0, but how old was Abraham Lincoln when he was shot? 43. The movie Lincoln, starring Daniel Day-Lewis, runs how many minutes? That would be 180. How old is former Hollywood actress Doris Day? 78. In the millions, what was the budget for the movie Dog Day Afternoon with Al Pacino? Uh, 32 million. Al Pacino was nominated for an Academy Award for its performance in the movie Serpico that came out in what year? 1981. Al Bundy was a character on the TV sitcom Married with Children, a show that debuted in what year on Fox? 1992. Serial killer Ted Bundy was put to death in what year? 2003. Ted Turner, the founder of CNN, won the America's Cup sailboat race in what year? 1976. Get it within 25, you went outright. If Ted Turner was a crow in Cincinnati, Ohio, his birthplace, he would have to fly how many miles to reach Atlanta, Georgia? Uh, 612. Time. Oh, boy. Get it? Mm-hmm. Cincinnati, I get it. Yeah, Atlanta, yeah, Turner. CNN, Turner. <clears throat> how old is actor Lou Diamond Phillips? Ben said. Uh, 70. Pinkman. 60. It's 56. Ooh. Oh, starting oh, yeah. out strong. How old was Abraham Lincoln when he died when he was shot? Ben said. 48. Pinkman. 43. 56. Oh, it's evens up. The movie oh, Lincoln looked, starring yeah. Daniel Day-Lewis runs how many minutes? Ben said. 141. Pinkman. 180. 150. Uh-oh, Ben oh. takes the lead. How old is former Hollywood actress Doris Day? Uh, ben said. 68. Pinkman. 78. 96. She's 96 years Ay, old. Caramba. I knew it. So it's all tied up to all. She was a dish in her time, wasn't she? Oh, Tell boy. you what. This is the last time you heard that. A dish. dish. Since she was a dish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the millions, what was the budget for the movie Dog Day Afternoon with Al Pacino? Ben said. $25 million. And Pinkman. $32 million. It's $1.8 million. That's it? Wow. Back in the day. Yeah. Aye, aye, aye. Cheap. Al Pacino nominated for an Academy Award for his role in Serpico that came out in what year, Ben said? 
77. Pinkman. 81. 1973. Oh, he takes oh. a commanding lead now. Four to go. Al yeah. Bundy, a character on the TV sitcom Married with Children. It debuted on Fox in what year, Ben said? 99. Pinkman. 92. 1986. Oh, Pinky's coming back. Serial killer Ted Bundy put to death in Florida, by the way, at Stark in what year, Ben said? Uh, 89. Pinkman. Sorry. 2003. Right on the money, 1989. Oh, boy. Pinky. Since when? Ted it's 89. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The founder of CNN won the America's Cup sailboat race in what year? Captain the Courageous, they called him. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they call him Captain Courageous, or is that the name of the boat? Damn it. Ben said. 75. Pinkman. 76. 1977. Oh, yeah. oh right. One to All go. Right. What's the score? Yeah, but I got a tally up here. Mm. All right. Pinkman has one, two, three, four, four. And Ben has one, two, three, four, five, six. His nickname might have been Captain Outrageous. Oh, maybe that. On the sailboat, Courageous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll get uh, research, research on that. Yeah, yeah. Get it within 25, you went outright. If Ted Turner was a crow in Cincinnati, his birthplace, you would have to fly how many miles to reach Atlanta, Georgia? Ben said. Uh, 725. Pinkman said. 612. That would be 460 miles. Pinkman gets it, but not enough. Oh, lame. And uh, Ben wins 6-5. to five. Good job, Ben. You get that You Matter business card. As soon as you get that card, good luck for you. Good fortune for you for the rest of your life. Congratulations on winning a bonus round of Closest to the Pin. Remember, close only counts in horseshoes, hand grenades, and... Closest to the pin. Captain Outrageous. Captain Outrageous. On the boat, Courageous. There you go. All right. Oh, it's all ages. Okay, good. Uh, also known as the Mouth of the South. I thought that was Jimmy Hart. <clears throat> Married to Jane Fonda for a while, right? Got a uh, huge yeah. ranch in Montana. Hundreds of thousands of acres, I think. Ted Turner. <laughs> Not to be confused with Lana Turner. I heard he fired a guy because he didn't like the color of his tie once. I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. Anyway. George Estevez is texting in. Is he? He's getting all sorts of texts from his friends who are just talking about him. Telling us what kind of cologne he wears? Uh, Tell him I said hi. Uh, he wants to be part of our cool kids crowd. Just saying. Yeah, we'll get him on the program. Uh, he says he I, cannot uh, believe that he uh, that he has my number and he's texting me. He's crushing on it. So anyway, I mean, he's like a schoolgirl. <laughs> but he says... You guys, the file. Great team, chemistry, and example for any team to emulate. Say hi to Jim and the gang. I'm telling you right now. Well, I'm not saying, going there. What? If you That's were gay. A, if I were. If, if you were. Right, if, I was, if I was young, gay, uh-huh. not married, and oh. George Estevez. Walked in the room. And he wasn't married. <laughs> yeah, you'd be all over. Shut the front door. Oh, stop. It's <laughs> a lot of caveat. That's it's a, the Phillips yeah, File yeah. on Real Radio 104.1. Promo. <laughs> Spanning the world wide web to bring you the constant variety of sound. The thrill of victory. The policeman isn't there to create disorder. And the agony of defeat. The policeman is there to preserve disorder. The sound of human drama captured in a world where everything is recorded. It's time to hear what's in Jack's audio file. And I don't have a real long bucket list. I've done a lot of things in my life, but I have added one thing to that. More on that later. Let's hear what's in Jack's audio file. Jim, a lot of things are going on all around the world, and we will start in Sacramento, where a man who had been arrested for leaving his car running has now learned he no longer faced charges or any charges. His name is Craig Williams, and he left his car running and unattended 
earlier in the month, and then he made a quick stop at a 7-Eleven, okay? Mm. So a police officer comes up, you know, turns the car off, and then the confrontation uh, ensues where the they have the body cam footage now right. posted at realradio.fm mm-hmm. uh, of him, you know, asking for the ID of the person. Mm-hmm. Now, here is the, the comments by the man who was arrested, Mr. Craig Williams, following finding out that uh, there were no charges being held uh, against uh, or being charged against filed him, against, yeah. filed against him. And here he is talking about that. I didn't know that was against the law. It is. And he, I want to start off by saying that I'm highly disappointed with the actions that the officer took. The reason I am shocked and appalled is because I am a firm believer that an officer should be a friend to the people of the community they serve first before just being an officer who automatically assumes that we are all threats to them because we're not. The slogan on the side of every police car says to protect and serve. The first goal of any police-citizen interaction should be, should be to dissolve an issue, not to escalate it. Okay. Not untrue. However, when you watch the police uh, uh, body camera footage, you know, you expect the the action, the interaction to go well, but when you are bringing attitude to the officer, and he goes, "Can I see your ID? Why? I didn't do anything wrong." Right. And then he starts, you know, filming him, you know, in this case. But he was he was confrontational from the start, and then you know he's mad that the police officer it, it got escalated. It didn't have to get escalated, and Mr. Craig Williams was part of the reason that things did get escalated. But you can see they end up wrestling on the ground oh. after this because he um, he asked him to put his cell phone down and you know it just got you don't out have of hand. To do that, tell you don't it have to the judge, file a right. complaint. It's just right. not going to go well. I mean, you know, police officers by and large are not going to react because they see somebody getting angry, they see somebody getting agitated, and then their defense mechanisms kick in, and you know, it's just not going to not going to end well. I mean, we understand that there are police out there who abuse their power. Yeah, At the same but, time, you got to watch it. But you're going to be as difficult as you can with a, a police officer, and then uh, you know complain on how you were treated. I, yeah. I, I just think it takes two. It takes two, baby. Well, you know, but what if you're not doing anything? What's you know? You have to turn your papers I, over. Well, guess what? They... It is against the law to leave your car running and unattended. That's a fact. Even if you don't know it. What's a crime? What, well, what is I mean, the problem? did the police officer say, look, I'm, I'm, I'm issuing, you, issuing you a ticket because it's against, it's not a crime per se. Right. It's not criminal activity to leave right. your car running. There's a difference between, you know, speeding and engaging in bank robbery. Mm-hmm. They're getting a so ticket. So you're going to get something. a ticket. All right. Mm-hmm. It's a traffic violation. But it looked like he was, he was just going to tell him that, hey, let him know that you, you can't leave your car unattended running. But immediately, this guy was, you know, what? Leave me alone. I'm not giving you my ID. And then, you know, everyone's got What have got I done a, wrong? Yeah. Right. Well, I don't think that's... Well, he did what, do what, something wrong. What, he left his car running. And unattended. I to, and I have to show you my ID for what reason? Mm-hmm. You're not arresting me. Well, or are you not arresting? I don't know if you're not arresting me. I don't know whether I have any obligation to, to show you who I am. Well, Mr. If Craig, you're going to write me a ticket, yeah. all right, then, then, we'll, then we'll go down that road. But the police, uh, you know, I, I would question whether the police have the authority to ask for your ID if you haven't done anything wrong. You have the right as a citizen. Why are you asking me for my ID? See, but the thing is... Just because you're a police officer? If yeah, you're yeah. breaking the law, didn't you do something wrong? Did he say you're breaking the law? 
I don't know. Well, I mean, that's, I, I, yeah, the fact of the matter yeah. is people get hassled by the police, too. And people don't know their civil rights. And people don't know their rights as a citizen. There are times you say, I don't think so. I don't know. I'm not. What if I don't have ID? Well, you're driving a car, you have to have a driver's license. All right, well, what if I'm just walking down the sidewalk and I don't have ID? Right. What, are you going to take me down to 33rd Street because I don't have ID? No. What about what? What's tell me what there? I've done wrong? Right. Why are you asking me for my identification? I understand. However, I know I understand where you're going. All of a sudden, then you're putting police officers on the defensive, and they don't like to get that way. But at the same time, you do have rights as a citizen in this country. The last time I checked, Duke is Tegan. <laughs> I I, and I rest my case, Your Honor. <laughs> my client, I say, I say, my client has no uh, obligation to. To subjugate himself to the authority of the how quickly did gendarmes. It, how quickly did it go from verbal, I'm yeah. not showing you this, down to wrestling on the ground? Jeez. You don't want to start wrestling with a police officer. Of That's yeah. not good. I th- It was a couple minutes. Yeah, uh, yeah you could actually... I, I have uh, five videos posted today at realradio.fm. You click on Phillips File. Every one of the... Uh, the audio clips we have today has a video associated with it, mm-hmm. which you can uh, view yeah. later in its entirety on our website, including this one. This was an interview, Jim. This is an event I know you are looking forward to. You talk about them all the time. You talked about it earlier today. What of that? course, I'm talking about the Royals and the Royal oh, Wedding. Oh, love them. Now, Samantha Markle, are you familiar with her? The sister, half-sister? Half-sister to Meghan Markle. She's the one who's been doing a bunch of interviews Lately, kind of talking a bit disparagingly about Meghan Markle, mm-hmm. um, you know, has made some money for interviews. She's the one who supposedly advised the father to get the pictures done. Um, you see her in a lot of places. Um, uh, she was in an interview recently uh, with uh, what's his name from the uh, from the show with the accent. You oh, know that's him, Jim. Not helpful. Oh, yes, it is. Okay, top the guy ear. with the accent. Okay, oh, Morgan. Kind of... uh, Morgan. Uh, what's oh, his Pierce name? Morgan. Pierce Morgan. You got it. Yeah. See, you did nice. it. Congratulations. So it got a little confrontational between the two of them because he was putting her on the spot for talking down Meghan Markle all the time. Oh, you know, God. and he keeps asking her how much she's getting paid. Yeah. <laughs> Some might argue, have yourself said an incredibly large number of very shabby things about Meghan Markle, haven't you? In fact, you spent the last two years saying shabby things about her. You know, you've called her narcissistic, selfish. You said Hollywood's changed her and she shouldn't be with Prince Harry and the royal family should be aware of how appalling she is. Some might say it's pretty rich coming from you, Samantha Markle, to come on television and blame media vultures. Because she was, (laughs) for uh, all the press that they're getting, she's blaming the media, Mm. of course, and he's saying, well, you're kind of... <laughs> the British, the, the British well, they, media, the tabloids, and t- some they of the love TV, it. they love this stuff. They oh, work yeah, it yeah, up, yeah. and then they, and then it's like, how dare you? Well, I mean, they they work up this mess and get everybody into a tizzy, and 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 then all of a sudden they, you know, it's a perfect storm. Where it's okay, now we got them in in all this uh, not caught them in all this nonsense of our own making, and now we'll how dare you? How you, dare you say nasty things about, about our future about princess, the, about the queen? How Dare you? Which when you they started see, in the first place. In the video, uh, in the video, they have uh, you know appears the worst. And his sister. co-host. Oh no, his co-host, and she's like, uh, actually, she was in Orlando. The sister's in Orlando right now. Oh no, kidding. Yeah, but that uh, come you on know, over, Samantha. They're in England, but oh. the the co-host was just sitting there as this is going back and forth. She's just sitting there with this look on her face, like mm. awkward. 
So anyway, Jim, the Royals, it's a big thing. And now it's the big question is, will Meghan Markle's dad be there to walk her down the aisle? Uh, talking about how he had a, a heart episode earlier in the week and he may not be able to make it. I think uh, odds are now leaning towards him not making it. Right. However, He's uh, not going. And then yeah. the mother has to walk her down the aisle and that goes against protocol and that's not working out. So it's like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, there's a line in an article in the, in the New York Times today about the British tabloids. They say Mr. Markle, reclusive and unskilled in the ways of the media, has been a favorite punching bag of the British tabloids, which have a knack for generating controversies and stirring up class-based discord and then claiming to be shocked, shocked that the controversies have taken place. They do it all the time. Oh, my God, how could they? Rather. It's absolutely smashing, but this is vulgar. You can absolutely vulgar. Video of that exchange posted on our <laughs> website. Also, video of it. this woman being caught coming out of a club. I believe TMZ caught up with her um, and asked her about someone else. I'm talking about Martha Stewart, okay? Oh, so that. you run into Martha Stewart. What do you, what do you ask her about? Uh, what kind Snoop of weed dog. she likes now. Yes, yeah, Close, Jim. Snoop. Close. It's weed-related. But it's the revelation that Gail King said that Oprah occasionally smokes weed. Oh, don't. Doesn't everybody now? I well, think Martha's a big, I think she's a big weed aficionado. Well, in the video, they she's asked. dating Snoop? Well. No, she's it, not dating Snoop. He's so. married. He's happily married. The uh, But uh, in the video, I think the TMZ guy asked uh, uh, Martha Stewart what kind of weed you like. She's like, <laughs> I cook. Snoop is the one who smokes. You know, but uh, yeah, here, show. It's, it's here she cute. is with her comment when they when asked about Oprah Winfrey smoking the weed. Weed? Okay. The end of Oprah. Weed? The end of Oprah. That's uh, Martha Stewart. She was shocked that Oprah would smoke weed. weed. Okay. Okay. Weed? The end of Oprah. Weed? Yeah, I bet Martha was cooking up some prison juice when she was behind bars, you know? You like oh, that. He I did. Used, I had a thing for it. You did, didn't I you? I really did. Uh-huh. But that was many, many years ago. Whatever. You could have responded to some of my letters, Martha. You could have. Mm-hmm. She and Steven Spielberg, <laughs> they both dissed you. Yeah. Mm. You could have said something. Yeah. Like, buzz off. <laughs> and all she has to say is... Okay. <laughs> End of Oprah. Oh. End of Oprah. Um, so Jim, move it on this. Okay. I have to do it. It's obligatory. Uh, I mean, this section is section of the show is about the things that are on the internet and nothing is bigger right now than this stupid waste of time. And I'm going (laughs) to do it anyway. What do you hear? Laurel. Laurel. What'd you hear there? Laurel. Mm -hmm. That's what I heard. You heard Laurel? Oh, that's the uh, new video game. Yeah, no, okay, yeah. Tell me mm-hmm. about it. <laughs> yeah, and that's one of the areas where you can be uh, uh, left in to uh, to uh, fight the other people who are dropped into various sections of. Am I close? No, that's I Fortnite. That, You're yeah, talking about Fortnite. Fortnite. <laughs> I read about that last night. I got about halfway through the article, and I said, what oh, is wait, this? I don't give a crap about this." <laughs> I mean, it was. I, I had no. I had no idea. What, you know, and it's, I mean, what is the there are millions option? of, it's a big, big. It's huge. It's yeah. a video craze primarily. And what I read is a lot of the video gamers, advanced video gamers, they look, what is it called? Fort, what is it called? Fortnite. 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 Yeah. They look on this as like, that's just kid stuff. That's mm. just. Not. Oh, they poo poo this. Yeah, thing. whatever. But there are it's millions fun. of people who are playing it. Pinkman's playing. Yeah, Wait, fun. if you don't hear Laurel, what so is the other Kanak. option? Mm. 
Yeah. What's the other option? <laughs> no, can I explain it? He's not playing. I thought Fortnite. he was playing Fortnite. Far Cry. He's playing Far Cry. Oh, different okay. game. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Fortnite. So anyway, back to Fortnite. Sorry. Yes, it's a thing. I have not gotten involved with that. I have too many shows to watch. Um, so I haven't done that. And so books Laurel. I want to read. Now well, you heard there's this. Another option. Laurel. Yeah. Okay. They're saying Laurel. some people hear Yanni. Yanni. Can you believe that? No. Or Laurel. So try again. Laurel. Laurel. All right, am I supposed to hear Yanni? No. Some people do. They say some people, the way they hear and the frequency, really? so, will swear that you're they're hearing Yanni. I posted it also, so if you want to try for yourself at uh, realradio.fm, because they say sometimes on the computer you hear one thing on your phone, it sounds different, and it's a frequency thing remember the whole blue dress yes gray dress thing or gold dress i forget the other gold. color oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. when people would look at the same picture oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and there was just i mean warring factions on what color that dress was right and you couldn't understand how the other side saw what you okay. did you saw it's apparently the same thing in this made-up stupid thing that i hear that, laurel yeah laurel that's Me what too. i hear yeah, as well. laurel but laurel. if it's a laurel at that frequency but if i say laurel yeah. are they hearing laurel or Laurel. Laurel. I don't know how you get Yanni out of Laurel. You've got to have younger Yanni. ears. Yanni. Yanni. you got a Laurel. palmetto bug in the ear like that Orlando woman had. Oh, God. Oh, no, thank you. Yanni. Laurel. Yanni. Laurel. Yanni. Nope. All right, so whatever. I don't believe it. Oh, anyway. Fritz down the hall was like, I can hear both. I have perfect ears. I was like, shut up, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> In case you were wondering about him. All it's right. perfect pitch or perfect ears. Yeah, whatever. He's a musician. I see. All right, so video is available on our website. You got the Yanni <laughs> Laurel. You got the car running confrontation with the cop. You got the Samantha Markle interview. You got the Martha Stewart talking about Oprah. And you got this. Tell me what it is. Yeah, I'm sorry. Here we are. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. You got to get checked. All right, some kind of animal. It's a human being talking to an animal. Correct. And the animal is making a noise, of course. Now we have to determine what kind of animal. And I first thought it's some kind of dog. It's a wolf. It's one of these things. I thought it was a beagle. And he's going to the vet. And he doesn't want to get out of the car. And he starts making that howly sound. I like it. Yeah, it's not a beagle. It oh. is a dog. And it, Moira, you are correct. They are going to the vet. Oh, no kidding. Oh, yeah, then, he knows they, what's going to happen. They yeah, show him driving, do. and he's just like... And this guy was just videotaping the whole thing. You can see the whole affair. I just got a text from my wife. I hear Yanni. No, she does not. She just texted me. She said, I hear Yanni. She's just being provocative. Laurel. Unbelievable. Because she has those, she has those young ears. Lucky, yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness for me. At least somebody in the family can hear. <laughs> so if she's hearing Yanni. Uh, oh, Yanni, Yanni. Uh, Yanni has tweeted out that all he hears is Yanni, of which course. I uh-huh. was, was hearing probably funny. went bad after listening to me for all these years. Ayo, yeah. I'm twisticated. <laughs> enough of you. All right, finally, Jim. Our final piece of audio is. Three gentlemen looking for redemption. A group of people looking for redemption. Oh, okay. Because they failed you yesterday. Mm. Huh? 
They failed you yesterday. Oh, yeah, okay, right. Yeah, we were talking about the late-night talk show host. No points were awarded yesterday. You were so displeased with the efforts of three of our hosts yesterday that no one was awarded a point. You guys have a, 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 a crew of guys who are supposed to write jokes. That's that's the best they can come up with. Right. So No points. Yeah, different group today. It's Seth Meyers, Jimmy Fallon, James Corden, all late-night talk show hosts. They all were discussing the same topic of the White House and their leaks. Okay, so here okay. they are during last night talking about leaks from the White House. And, uh, Jim, you get to decide who said it best. Mm-hmm. President Trump tweeted yesterday about White House staffers who have spoken anonymously to the press and said leakers are traitors and cowards. Added Trump, and I'll find you if it's the first thing I do. <laughs> After several White House leaks in the past few weeks, President Trump says he's going to find out who the leakers are. He says he's got a plan. He's going to wait for someone to leak who the leakers are. Trump wrote, leakers are traitors and cowards, and we will find out who they are. (laughs) All in one tweet, Trump said the leaks are fake, but he will find out who is doing the leaking. saying Santa Claus isn't real, but also I'm going to wait by my fireplace and catch him. <laughs> I'll give it to Corden. There you oh, go. Oh, yeah, Corden gets Corden. a point. I was, going, I was leaning towards Seth Meyers. Fallon, it was weak. Mm. Yeah. All right, Corden gets the, uh, gets the nice. point. Moira, can you update us on where we are? Of course, the winner last year, Conan O'Brien, we extend an invitation to him to join us on the program for winning for 2017. Mr. Pinkman, mm-hmm. any update on where he is? Uh, he's focusing on the Laurel Yanni debate. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Well, right. Jimmy Fallon has seven. Jimmy Kimmel has four. And then for third, tied Conan, Corden, and Colbert. Wow. All right. And that's the battle for the 2018. Who said it best yeah. to see who can join us on the file? And Mr. Pinkman, maybe uh, you can update us very soon with good news that mm. Conan O'Brien will be joining us. I hope so. Why don't you put some calls out to them, you know, right now and just say, you know, you may have an opportunity later this year. To appear on the Phillips file, should you win the greatest number of points yeah. and who said it best? Just so they're aware of it. Yeah. Keep your calendar or open. Maybe we could put <laughs> Fritz on the job of getting Conan and then talk to him next week. What? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Yanni. Him with his ears. <laughs> Laurel. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Laurel. 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 Hardy. He's yeah. the thin one, right? Laurel and Hardy. Hardy. Yeah. Hardy was the fat Oliver one. Oliver Hardy, yeah. We okay. end of Oprah. <laughs> Laurel. All right, thank you, Laurel. Jack. Good job. Thank you very much. Uh, take a break, then we'll come back, and I'll tell you what I've added to my bucket list. We'll see how that goes. It's the Phillips File on Real Radio 104.1. Check of the news. Here's Big Daddy. Thank you, Big Jim Weasel. Chicken wings made with 24-karat gold are the new food craze. All that glitters is not gold. Sometimes it's chicken wings. Next, a woman has been fired for bringing laxative brownies to a work party. Well, sounds like she had a good runs. Finally, a mother renamed her son to Kelvin after her tattoo artist spelled Kevin wrong. Sorry sweetie. Mommy made a dumb mistake so you're Kelvin now. Headlines were brought to you by Filutowski Cataract and LASIK Institute. Go to myvisionfreedom.com And transmission. Make your personal opinions about someone known to every other person who will listen. 888-978-1041. Real Radio. 104.1.
Credit card debt, it can be an expensive proposition because you're paying... You're listening to The Phillips File on Real Radio 104.1. Real Radio 'm a big long bucket list I've never been a bucket list type of uh, person anyway mm. done a few things probably some things I probably like to do but I haven't even thought about them yet however I was listening to an interview <clears throat> uh, last night with a uh, fairly well-known uh, nonfiction writer uh, whose name is uh, Michael Polan and Michael Polan has written a book. And it's a rather long title when you read the when you read the title, it's like, ugh, boring. But the new science <laughs> get this though, what the new science of psychedelics teaches us about consciousness, dying, addiction, depression, and transcendence. Mm. And um, it's essentially uh, a book about how psychiatrists and uh, therapists are beginning to use psychedelics to help people who have depression or to help people who have terminal terminal illnesses make that transition. Mm. And uh, he was saying that it's been approved by the national um, some some federal agency. I can't remember. There are three stages before it can be approved for use, and it's now at stage two. Uh, NYU. UCLA, mm-hmm. Johns Hopkins, and I think there's another university that hev- are heavily involved in this research. And they refer to them now as medicines. They don't refer to them as drugs, whether it's LSD, uh, psilocybin, which can be found in mushrooms. Mm-hmm. And he's just talking. He interviewed people that have uh, been in these test programs. And then he decided himself, if he's going to write about this, might that well he is going to do it himself it. in uh-huh. a controlled environment. It's not just, hey, here's some magic mushrooms and go sit on his beanbag chair, you know, in his apartment and see what happens. Mm-hmm. It's all in a in a controlled environment. Says, there's not, I don't want to term to use underground, but I'll use it anyway. There's an underground of therapists and psychiatrists and medical people who are firm, who firmly believe that these are helpful substances mm-hmm. in dealing with these particular issues. But, of course, you can't just... You know, possession or use is still against the law, I suppose. So if it's not in a research environment, they could get in a lot of trouble. But they say if you search long and far enough, you can find people 
therapist that will, in a controlled environment, help you if you want to take this particular trip. And he did. He took LSD on one mm-hmm. or two, psilocybin, which is the, the active psychedelic ingredient in mushrooms. Okay. And he also took, hold on a minute, let me find it here. Ecstasy, Molly. No, no, no. MDMA. No. no. Hallucinogen. Ecstasy is not a hallucinogen. If you do it right. No, it's not. It's not a hallucination. Um, he took... Hold it on, had a lot of letters in DMT? it. No, hold on. Yeah. Let me find it here. Damn it. LSD, mm-hmm. psilocybin, mm-hmm. and I can't find it. But it comes from... Mescaline. A toad. Oh, oh like the cane toads. It's a Sonoran toad. Uh, fascinating. He says it was is, absolutely fascinating. Is he that? Sa- I'm sorry. Is that where the that rumor came about licking a toad? Yes. It, 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 does it stem from that? I I I didn't. Where that he drug is, he didn't elaborate on how toads got he involved. Took LSD, with this? psilocybin, and something called M dash MEO dash DMT, a substance in the venom of the Sonoran desert toad. Now, I don't know how, you know. How was that that's discovered? A, well, yeah. Probably thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago. We all know of stories. We all know of substances that are in nature, that are in the wild, that are used to, you know, cure or, you know, help cure disease or you know, ease pain or whatever. So some somewhere along the line, somebody, you know, a toad fell in the fire and, you know, they ate it. I don't know. And had some kind of, he said it was transcendent. Whoa. And he said everyone that he talked to in this con- in these control studies, mm-hmm. whether they had terminal cancer, whether they were terminally ill, close to death, or suffering from depression, all had a transcendent experience where their fears were allayed. Mm. He says we carry around all this baggage, which essentially is our ego. We collect all these stories about ourselves and collect them in a certain part of our brain. But with these substances, it goes, these you, your, your brain goes into a different area. You didn't get into this big, uh, whatever you want to call it, about what is the essence of reality and this and that, whatever. I'm telling you right now, I do it in a heartbeat, in a, contr- in a controlled situation. You would, yeah. I mean, somebody so, who is medically trained, I do right. it in a heartbeat. So that's DMT. The texters say what you just uh, announced was DMT for short. Whatever. Yeah. Man, I don't want to. I would. I, I, well, it sounds like his interview kind of was promoting psychedelic drug use. Like for you, did you didn't walk away saying, I want to read that book. You walked away saying, I want to get high. He wasn't. Per, no. No, I don't want to get high. Well. When you say high, uh, you know, it's different than having a transcendent experience where, you're, you, where your brain is working in a certain way. I can't describe it medically. I don't know. But. There's there's a big difference between getting high and off of marijuana and taking a trip on acid. Does one seem more dangerous to you than the other? He says they're non-addictive. I wasn't even talking about the addiction part of it, but what it might do to your He had those fears. Yeah. He had those fears that his chromosomes would get scrambled or something would happen and and he wouldn't be able to. He says there's very little... The only the only problem the only people that have major problems with these particular substances yeah. are people who are schizophrenic, who have major 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 problems with mental instability. Mm. Other than that, from all the research that he's done, 
says it's not, uh, and it's becoming more and more likely in the not-too-distant future that the medical community will be using these particular substances to treat depression, PTSD, helping people who are facing death, which is a very, you know, don't tell anybody, I don't think anybody will tell you that's easy. All you have to do is witness somebody who's close to death and the fear that they're going through and the, uh, and you know, essentially of the unknown. But he says in these transcendent experiences, at least that he had, and that he's talked about with other people, it's not so traumatic. Mm-hmm. The trauma yeah. doesn't take place because a lot of the fear of any of this is put aside. If so it allays I'm your fear, saying, I think that would probably be a plus. I'm just saying. Yeah. You know? You want that's your birthday gift? Nice birthday your, present. So which which one nice do you birthday want? present for 2018. The LSD, the psilocybin, or the DMT? I which, want somebody who, I want, I want to be connected with a therapist, somebody in the medical community who's aligned with this, who would guide me through that particular experience. you got to have somebody there with you. You can't just do this on your own. Research! Find him a doctor. Uh, let's see. Psychedelic doctor. Well, that's not what you Google, right? Uh, well, that's actually, what I'm Would you try it? Would the, you try it? Would you do it? There's a picture of Donald Trump's doctor that just popped up. <laughs> oh, that guy. Yeah. He's probably had some mushrooms Amen. in his day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's the. I think that's part of the, the stereotype. You know, it's the old 1970s, you know, blowing your mind, you know, dropping acid and just losing all control. And before you know it, you know, you don't come out of the trip. And he says, for the most part, that's just a bunch of hogwash, especially nowadays with the research that's being done on this. Mm -hmm. I'm in. I'm telling you, I'm in. You are. All right. Let's all do it together. Deal. Let's all have, let's all do it as a show. Uh, Wait, 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 wait. wait, On the air? It depends on what one we're doing. (laughs) Why? What Why, which one would make? you prefer? Uh, there's certain ones where you just want to be naked. Oh, I don't want. We're to... not doing ecstasy. Damn it! <laughs> oh, yeah, ecstasy is not a well, not psychedelic. It, it depends on what they a, cut it with. Holu- well, it, it, it would, sometimes with ecstasy you don't know because it's not controlled. Well, let's say it's a yeah. controlled substance. Yeah. It's a controlled hallucinogen that we know that works as halluc- uh, uh, okay. a hallucinogen. Uh, okay. Not going out to the street corner or going down the hallway, you know, to get our connection. What, you think somebody down the hallway could get us that? Every radio station has one of those guys. It's the Phillips (laughs) File on Real Radio 104.1. Your next chance to win $1,000 is just minutes away on Real Radio 104.1. Phillips File for a Wednesday. We'll talk with uh, Scott Maxwell later in the program. Also, Shot Doctor comes our way at uh, 6 for Casting Call. Got a good one for you today. Five-minute professor as well. You're Sam on Real Radio. Go ahead, Sam. How you doing, Mr. Phillips? Doing all right. How about you? Good. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Yes, sir. But your subject uh, piqued my interest a little bit. Um, the LSD. Okay. Why? Well, what? You seem like you had some questions or... Um, I haven't done it in like ten years, but um, no, I would like to. I would like to. I would like to do it in a controlled environment. I don't want to. Yeah, you hook up with somebody. Hey, I got a friend who's got a friend who's got some mushrooms. Hey, how you doing? I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in a in a controlled medical environment. I do it in a heartbeat. Yeah, well, that was a, that's what I was going to say. It's definitely not for everybody. 
Um, I mean, if you do it in a controlled environment, that's the best way to go. Um, I've known several people that I probably did it in my early 20s, uh, 40 to 50 times, and I've seen a lot of people freak out on it. I imagine. I don't think there's a, there was not any question about that. But if you have someone who's schooled, as they claim they are, with these particular, you know, whether it's a psychiatrist or whether it's some therapist who's you know does does this and will will guide you along. I mean, according to this particular author, he said there were some scary moments, and you have yeah. to confront them. But if you have no one to help guide you, you're gonna of course you're gonna freak out. Who wouldn't? Well, basically, what it does is it rewires your brain. Mm. So things that you hear, you see, things that you smell, you hear. Um, One of my uh, moments, um, I stood in my bathroom for I don't know how long, and I looked at myself in the mirror. He says that's a bad idea. Huh? He said this author who did this said that's not a very good idea to look in the mirror. Well, no. Well, I didn't have a frightening experience, but I'm saying I looked in the mirror and I saw myself go from my current self and my face turned back to like a baby. Mm. And then it went back to my current self. And then I turned into an old man and I watched my hair grow long and gray. Um, I looked at a green towel for probably 20 minutes yeah, okay. and all the fibers on the towel you know, the towel was the same color, but all the fibers on the towel, every single fiber to me was a different shade of green. I got you. Wow. Here's what the author says, among other things, after his experience. After interviewing these people who were part of these medical studies, after talking to individuals who were treated for depression, uh, after talking to individuals who were close to the end of their lives who were in these medical studies, right. after he ingested some of these uh, psychedelics or hallucinogens under a, in a controlled environment. He said, what I brought back from that experience was that I'm not identical to my ego, that there's another ground on which to plant our feet, and that our ego was kind of this character, this chattering that is chattering neurotically in our minds. And it's good for a lot of things. I mean, the ego got the book written, meaning the book that he wrote about this. But it can also be very harsh, and it's liberating to have some distance on it. And that was a great gift, he says, according to him. I just try. I would just. I'd do it. You would. I would. No question about it. We have some news coming out of the state attorney's office. Something that uh. I've been interested in for the past year or so. Something mm-hmm. I'm very passionate about as well. If you've been listening to this program, and I guess maybe the state attorney's office uh, was listening because they've uh, now decided what, Mo? There was a policy change as of this very afternoon. Prosecutors in Orange Osceola, so who are under the state attorney, Aramis Ayala, right? The prosecutors in these two counties will no longer ask judges to force those who are accused of low-level offenses to post bail. She calls it a poverty penalty. Poor defendants cannot afford it, and the policy that came out today takes effect June 1st in two weeks, but it identifies specifically nine charges for which it would apply, including driving without a valid license. You don't have to sit your ass in jail for that. Right. Driving without your vehicle registration. You don't have to sit in jail for that. Low level drug offenses like possession of drug paraphernalia or fewer than 20 grams of marijuana. Mm -hmm. Disorderly intoxication, panhandling and loitering. Good. So that's like seven of the nine. It's a debtor's prison. 
is and, what it is. Cash bail is a system set up to create a debtor's prison. Now, I'm not saying all, but a lot of the bail bond industry, it's corrupt. And they will take you for every dollar that they can get out of you. Plus, there's so many, there's so many people behind bars simply charged, not convicted of anything. They haven't gone to trial and been convicted of a particular crime. They are held on a particular charge. And many of these people, are they don't have a pot to piss in. And they can't raise the amount of money that it, that is necessary to post a cash bond and get out and take care of their family or continue with their work so they can go back to court and either defend themselves or pay a fine or and you know serve out the sentence uh, or the penalty that's so that's that's handed to them by the court it, it it doesn't make any sense plus it's a lot it's a lot less expensive in some instances to have people who have some kind of locator device on them as opposed to keeping them behind bars well, good for the state attorney's office. Basically, I've been yakking about this for a year now. They said that if you are not a flight risk, because um, normally good. bail is reserved for two things. One is when there's a flight risk, you're not going to show up for your trial or your next appearance. And most people t- will show up because they know what's, you know, see, so you're arrested for a minor drug charge, right? What, you're going to take off? Right. Just to be arrested and brought back to make matters even worse? Nope. Oh, you can do uh, three weeks with uh, a suspended sentence, or you can do uh, two and a half years. How does that sound if you take off? Right in Florida, right now, the statutes say bail is reserved for two things. When public safety is jeopardized, right. either you're a danger to yourself or someone else. Correct. Or when there's a flight of a risk of flight. Yeah. Now, if, if a lot of people are arrested, don't fall into either of those buckets. And if they're not a threat to the community, there's no indication they're going to flee, then bail is not only unnecessary, but it's contrary uh, to Florida law. Yeah, you got somebody arrested on aggravated assault. I'm sorry, we're going to set bail, right. you know, and you're not, not getting you know, you're you know, you're arrested on a charge of murder. Then no bail is set. I'm sorry, you're going to sit there. You know, you yeah. took us going to sit there because uh, we as a society have determined that you're a threat to the rest of us. But a minor drug charge or of something with your driver's, your license, driver's license and the other and somebody's wallet. sitting in jail because they they don't have enough cash. They don't have enough money or they don't have any friends they can count on or family members who can cough up the money for cash bail. Right. It's a rotten, lousy system. It's debtor's prison is what it is. Well, in Orange and Osceola County, this new system of no bail for the little stuff uh, takes effect June 1st. Good. Same no. day as hurricane season. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. You're welcome for taking my advice. Oh, well, Aramis Ayala didn't mention that in the article. No, they never do. No. Nah. And and remember, it has to be a low level offense. This is uh, this is something that has thing, been getting migrant. more and more attention across mm-hmm. the United States. Right. There are some municipalities and some local governments that have done away completely with cash bail, unless of course, unless it's a serious crime. Somebody's charged with a very serious crime, and they are considered a, a flight risk. Mm-hmm. You know, sexual assault, uh, aggravated assault, murder. You know, battery, those kind of things. Of course, we understand that, but there's so many people. Behind bars in any municipality, where you're going seriously for what? Well, he can't. He can't post bond. He doesn't have money. He was caught with what two joints in his sock, and he's and, and been behind bars for for how long? Mm-hmm. Six weeks, if not Still longer. Sitting. No, if yeah. not longer. By the time he gets a court date, it could be months yeah. down the road. Waiting for a, what a public defender to get him out. Oof. Good luck. Let me take a break. We'll come back. The regular round of closest to the pin. It's the Phillips file on Real Radio one hundred four point one. 
And now the Phillips File presents a game that is not about being right or wrong. Wrong! It's a game that rewards the lucky. Hey, everybody! We're all gonna get late! It's a game where you just have to be close. That's right! You've got that right! The game is closest to the pin! Let's go while we're young! And now, here's your ever-excited host, Jim Phillips! That's right. By the way, we'll talk with Scott Maxwell in a few minutes. Mr. Maxwell, of course, is celebrating his 20th anniversary uh, working for the Orlando Sentinel. He writes the Taking Names column, one of the most powerful men in Central Florida. He joins us in about 20 minutes, maybe a little bit less. Time for that regular round of closest to the pin. I'm playing against Manny with Kevin as the backup. What's the prize? Pinky. We. Ha- I am not the prize. Thank you, you are. Oh, oh good. You're we- our prize. Oh, stop. Uh, we have a pair of passes to the advanced screening of Solo, a Star Wars story happening May 21st at AMC Altamont. That film will be in theaters general release, release on May 25th. Laurel. Exciting. Yanni. Solo. Solo. Harrison Solo Ford. Solo. Oh. Harrison Ford. Solo. He's yeah. not in it, though. No. Oh, right. Anyway. But Donald Glover is Lando Calrissian. Yeah. Beautiful casting. All right, let's get this game underway. We have a player, don't we? Uh, yes, that would be Manny, Hello. sir. Manny. Hello. Manny. Welcome. Hey, how you doing? How, how you doing, doing, buddy? All right. All right. Uh, the category sent by Brad, co-producer for All Gaming, says he was a good-looking bugger in reference to what Jim says every time we talk about this actor. Mel Gibson. So you have to All guess right. the year that these Mel Gibson movies were released. One of Moira's favorites. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> anyway, guess the year that these Mel Gibson movies were released. Okay, Manny. All right. And we reset the clock and we begin your round in three, two, one. Mel appeared in a couple of minor roles until he broke through with Mad Max. What year? Eighty-three. He was a crazy Martin Riggs to Danny Glover's steady Roger Murtaugh in Lethal Weapon. 95. Mel wore three hats, producer, director, and actor for Braveheart. 98. He was Mr. Popular with Chicken Run, The Patriot, and What Women Want, What Women Want, all released in this year. 2005. He was behind the scenes writing, directing, and producing The Passion of the Christ. Um, 2008. Time. All right. Good job. Let's put you on hold. Let's bring Jim back in here, if you will, Moira. Uh Wave him in. I am. I got it. Manny's time. Oh, boy. I haven't found this story yet, but there's a headline in the Washington Post that says Florida teacher is on leave after he is accused of drowning raccoons in class. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. News Junkie was talking about that today. Oh, I never saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What part of Florida do we know? Uh, uh, Polk County, I think. Oh, over no, there. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, well. <laughs> just, Nothing would surprise me. I immediately me. thought it would, it fit wouldn't surprise me right if you said Polk, Polk County, County right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hello, Jim. Welcome back. Hello. Hello. Category submitted by Brad, co producer for All Gaming, on uh, someone you have referred to as a good looking booger. Mm. All right. Oh, well, it could be several. Yeah, that could uh-huh. be. Narrow it down. The ca- name of the category is He Was a Good Looking Bugger. He was? In reference? Yeah, he was. 
Yeah, in reference to your no observations. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Mel Gibson. Yep. Yes! Yeah. Look at you. Guess the year in which these Mel Gibson movies were released. The year of living dangerously. We didn't mention which one. That's a great movie, by the way. That's one of his uh, early movies. That's, okay. I was boy, too young when I saw it. It's a good movie. Wow. Oh, that's a hint. Never mind. You ready to go? With what's your name? Who's an alien? Linda Lovelace. Linda, Linda Hunt. Hunt. Yeah, she was in it. She was terrific. I knew it was a Linda. Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver, yeah. Points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, get yeah. a chance to check it out. All right. Ready Ooh. to go, Jim? Yeah, sure. In three, two, one. Mel appeared in a couple of minor roles until he broke through with Mad Max. What year? 1979. He was crazy Martin Riggs to Danny Glover's steady Roger Murtaugh in Lethal Weapon. 1984. Mel wore three hats, producer, director, and actor for Braveheart. 1998. He was Mr. Popular with Chicken Run, The Patriot, and What Women Want, all released in this year. 2005. He was behind the scenes, writing, directing, and producing The Passion of the Christ. 2009. Time. Think about that. I got your time. Kind of slow today. Yeah, it was. You were neck and neck on him with a lot of uh, with him at a lot of answers. Yeah, you were necking with him. It, no, not necking. You were back and forth, like very close on many answers. Okay, and, and you were making out. No, yeah. no, no, good no. luck there, uh, Manny. Manny and Kevin. Let's see what we do here. Let's score it. Mad Max gave us three sequels. Most recently, Fury Road did not star Mel Gibson. However, he was Mad Max. What year did that movie come out? Manny said... 83. Jim. 79. On the money. 79. Double points for Jim. Look at that. How about Lethal Weapon? Now there were a bunch of sequels. They blew up a building here in Orlando. Now there's a TV show. But what year was the original Lethal Weapon? Manny's Manny said... Said 95. And Jim... 84. 87. Jim is closer. Jim gets the point. Three. Nothing. How about Braveheart? Five Academy Awards, including Best Picture for Braveheart. Never what saw year? it the whole way through. Oh, boy. Good. What year? Manny said? Uh, they both said 98. <gasps> oh, the answer, 1995. They'll each get a point. Jim leads 4-1. to one. Chicken Better Run. pick it up, Manny. Chicken Run, The Patriot, What Women Want, all released in the same year. All three movies gross over $200 million yeah. combined. Uh, what year for the movie? Manny said. They both said 05. Oh, ah. my. The year 2000. Can't win, then. Jim's up 5-2. to two. Yeah. You are correct. Come on, Manny. Let's get another point up there, buddy. $600 million worldwide for The Passion of the Christ. Pretty good movie. What year? Manny said. 08. Jim. 09. 04. Manny gets the point. Not enough, though. Jim wins the game. Sorry, Na- Manny. Not good enough. Kevin, you pick up the prize. And all I can say is. I'm the champion. I am the greatest. I will whoop him. I can't lose. That's Manny, like Yanny. I win. Is there no one on this planet to even challenge me? Remember, close only counts in horseshoes, hand grenades, and closest to the pin. Wow, another win. Mel Gibson had nine children, or has nine children. Mm -hmm. Very strict Roman Catholic. Mm -hmm. Good day, mate. Doesn't appreciate the, uh, likes the old Latin mass. Yeah, he does. Yeah, but yeah, every time for the guitars and the Latin, rock bands Latin, and all that stuff. Latin mass, that's tough. That's tough. It is oh. tough. I have no idea what they're saying. I have no idea what they're saying in the English mass. I can't handle Latin. Too long. It is too long. It's, it's under too an hour. Long. What, yeah, the Latin? too long. Yeah, the oh. new one is mm-hmm. that old school. Ooh, oh yeah, 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 not forever. Now I'm in and out in an hour. That, that, unless hey, there's now. 
Unless there's a lot of announcements. Yeah, I wish. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> unless there's a lot of announcements. Announcements? Oh, there's yeah. always the an end. announcement, yeah. You know, kind of announcements. And they got to do Big the joke, sale. the weekly uh, joke. Well, don't leave yet. We got some announcements. And yeah. it's like, oh, here we go. I see you leaving after communion. Everyone sit down. <laughs> lock the doors. Yeah, and then, oh, we're going to have donuts across the way here after Mass. I know the deacon will be there. Ha, ha, ha. Look at his belly. Sanctuary. <laughs> Sanctuary. Sorry, that was my Quasimodo impression. Leonard oh, Nimoy well. was considered for director of Lethal Weapon. But he was working on Three Men and a Baby oh. at the time. That was a popular movie, that Lethal Weapon. It was. When he had that shag haircut. Why we had so Still many sequels. looks, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So what was the building downtown that they, city hall. that they imploded? The old city hall. And so they actually filmed, they used that because they were imploding right. the building anyway. Right. So they shot a sequence of the movie. It was yeah. a big deal. Yeah. It was a big deal. <laughs> oh, boy. Mel Gibson. It was a big deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's immortalized in... Film. In rubble. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Was he in town for that? I don't uh, I don't Yeah, didn't they have them running away from it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> or a double. <laughs> I'm not Real sure. They should have, but I don't remember <laughs> if they I, did. I don't, I don't remember. I'm uh, sure he was uh, right there next to the building. Is that the one Joe Pesci? It, you know, yes. Yeah. Um, if you're a veteran uh, of the armed services, uh, look yes. for a new ID card. The VA is shipping out new ID cards. Oh, and on one side, it says, you know, this ID card can be used as proof of your service to obtain discounts for goods and services, right? Okay. So on your card. On That's the fine. other side, it has a big Office Depot logo, because I guess Office Depot made the cards up. Yeah. Office Depot doesn't offer a veteran's discount. What? For anybody who has the card. Well, they paying for the card? They paid for the card. That but is if a vet- your discount. But if a veteran yeah, goes into good Office- good enough. You're not getting veteran- anything else. If a veteran goes into a- Hey, we oh, paid yeah. for your car. We're not giving you 10% off a hammer. No, Office, Office Depot. Depot. No, oh, Office Depot. Depot. Well, stapler then. Depot. <laughs> right. You can't get a ream of paper for your... A stapler yeah. hammer. Come on, can't you just throw him a free Jeez, highlighter? Man, I know one of these days. <laughs> I, it seems really bizarre that there's... You know, a long they, they, six months. They want to... Uh, <laughs> it's going to be a real long... Is that how many? How many? Uh-huh. Six? Uh-huh. Five? I don't know anymore. Are we counting vacation days? Yeah, well, then oh, we've got boy. about three to go. Uh-huh. It's the Phillips File on Real Radio 104.1. Office Depot, not Home Depot, Office Depot, Office Depot. Let's get the news. Here's Big Daddy. Thank you, Big Jim Weasel. This Saturday, an entire British Airways flight will be staffed with nothing but Harry's and Meghan's in honor of the royal wedding. I wonder if they're also going to give everyone a copy of the angry letter from Meghan's half-brother. Next, a perceived domestic dispute in Germany was actually just a guy arguing with his pet parrot. I heard that bird was being a real Wiener Schnitzel. Finally, Scientists in California have been granted thousands of dollars to study cow farts. I bet that job stinks. Am I right? Headlines were brought to you by WeAreNotTheBanks.com. And transmission. That's right. If you are in the market for a new home or you want to refinance the one you have, WeAreNotTheBanks.com. That's the website you go to. Hook up with Brad Siebert and his team. They've been in this area while I've used them several years ago for a refinance. They did a great job for me. They let you know every step of the way what you need and what to expect can close in 30 days in most cases. And they have a certified home buyer program. They get you pre-qualified. You eliminate the doubt. You compete against cash offers. And you will have the advantage in a multiple offer situation. And close faster. Regardless of your credit history, we are not the banks.com can work with you. They 
They spe- have a special loan programs for self-employed people, and they also handle VA loans for the military. Whatever your mortgage needs are, you go to one website. It's wearenotthebanks.com. Coming up next on this Wednesday edition of The Phillips File, a conversation with Scott Maxwell. From... You are listening to The Phillips File. Oh, yeah. Intro's too long, but that's okay. When we hear that kind of music, who else could be on the line but Scott Maxwell? Scott Maxwell writes the Taking Names column for the Orlando Sentinel. And I should say, we should all say, happy anniversary. Now 20 years with the Sentinel, is that correct? That is. That is. Thank you. Thank you very much. And by the way, am am I the man-eater? Oh, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You ever known any women like that? Uh, I'm sure I have. I have. (laughs) <laughs> They'll eat you alive. Oh boy! <laughs> I got. To, I've been happily married. I've you know. I met my wife in college, Jim. So it's uh, it's uh, well, you didn't have to go down that road, huh? Happiness uh, for twenty six years. Mm-hmm. Happiness, Lovely. tranquility. What else could you want in life? That's exactly right. Yes, sir. But yes, twenty years uh, at the Orlando Sentinel this week. So uh, oh, he says a columnist or a reporter. When, what what were you doing when you first started? They, I was up in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, where the big debates back there were whether they should ban smoking in the hospitals. Oh, my. Yeah, well, it's R.J. Reynolds. This is Winston and Salem. There's yeah, right. named after that. So, yes. Right. And uh, they called, and they were looking for someone to cover the campaign of a little-known trial attorney named Mel Martinez, who wanted to run for mayor, county Mm -hmm. chairman it was Mm -hmm. back then. So I came down as the county government reporter in 1998 and did that and some other things for about four years and started the column after that. uh, According to your column, uh, right when you got down here, I think you and your wife, or you mentioned your wife, whether you'd made the right decision. Was it the weather? What 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 was going on? Was it too, well, you came from Winston-Salem or, or Durham or whatever. It couldn't have been too small town after that. No, sweet baby Jesus. It was hell on earth there, here, though. I mean, you I, you remember 1998. So first, well, we, the wildfires? Yeah, we came right on the heels of those tornadoes, which killed like 42 people. I mean, yeah. it wasn't a, a small storm. This was one of the nation's deadliest. So we were like, okay, we got that out of the way. And then we hit... Two weeks of 100 degrees. It's awful here when it's 90 degrees in the summer, but it was 100, and there wasn't a drop of rain. And you may remember, basically, I'm going to say everything east of Goldenrod just went up in flames right. uh, yeah. back in 1998. Wedgefield was like disappeared out near uh, Bislow. And, uh, yeah, and so that we had the whole town on fire, and then hurricanes threatened, and I couldn't figure out why in the hell would anybody want to live <laughs> In this state, 
Uh, yeah, and and I, and also I came down here wearing ties because that's what we did. And boy, you, well, you don't have to live here long before you quit wearing neckties. To I work think by mid September, all of us are as, are saying the same thing. Whether we've been here forever, I've been in the state since 1963. Yeah. Soon as mid September hits, I think all of us say, "What are we doing here?" Usually, a hurricane is roaring <laughs> nearby. It's offshore, blasting through some part of the state. It's humid, hot. You drip and sweat. You go. I don't know. What, I don't know what we're doing here. I. I, if you think about it, I mean, I don't mean to go on our whole riff here, but if you think about it, it's nuts. I mean, we we have uh, we have these d- deadly mosquitoes. We have amoebas that will crawl, crawl up your brain and infect it. We've got shark attacks. It's the only ecosystem on the entire planet where alligators and crocodiles exist. And my favorite that I think really gets underestimated here is sinkholes. There are not many places on planet Earth where you can leave your house one day <laughs> yeah. and you come back home and it's gone. That just doesn't happen other places. So, yeah, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of weird things, but you, but the more you get here, you get to appreciate it. You get to appreciate, the, I think, the creativity uh, that goes on the 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 real side of Orlando where most of us live. And yeah, sure, I I fell in love with a lot of it and, and the get, stories. Yeah, yeah, and your column today, though, I don't know if the right word is serendipity, but there's you know you reflect when you first came, you know, into into the Sentinel. You know, you go to the Metro desk, and it's you know this this is what we have in our minds, of course, because we see this in the movies, all the president's men, all that stuff, and it's just jam packed with reporters, and they're smoking, and they're cursing, and they're at their typewriters, you know, or word processors or whatever they had at that particular point in time. I mean, they're on the phone and they're you know you know belting out and barking out questions, and you know it's really you know it's almost like. All right, Chief, stop the presses. One of those types of things. It's not like that anymore, though, is it? No, no. And that is what it was like. When I interviewed for my first job, my editor was spitting tobacco in his desk drawer the entire time. <laughs> uh, yeah, and people would drink. There were bottles. Uh, there were smoking. You would you would go into this uh, smoking room uh, in, in Winston-Salem, and you have to lift up the keyboard and shake all the ashes out uh, before you could type <laughs> up a, a story because you'd have it in your mouth and it'd be falling all over the place. So, and, uh, and it wasn't that long ago. And uh, just 20 years ago when I came, this newsroom was – I said we're less than half. The reality is, I think we're about thirty percent the size we were, uh, which is nuts and scary and disappointing and not good for democracy. This is a region that's uh, gained a million people and had a newsroom shrink by sixty-five or seventy percent, and those are zoning meetings and school board meetings and landfills and things that don't get watched. But but we still do it. Uh, I think we still do it better than most anybody else and for most part the people who are still here are here because they believe in it and it it's uh i mean it can be wrist slitting uh to okay. think about it i had uh i ate lunch with the same four guys for 10 years and within eight months they all left they all left the sentinel and uh voluntarily it wasn't that they got laid off but the but if you're looking at a trajectory if you're looking for stocks to buy here's a tip for your uh listeners i don't think i'd think it all in newspapers yeah. Uh, it's too days. bad because, yeah. uh, I mean, print, as far as I'm concerned, all due respect to my colleagues in the electronic news business, but I mean, print is, print lives. These are the, you know, the gumshoe, the uh, hit the bricks reporters. I mean, they're the ones who, you know, we're ripoff artists to a certain degree, those of us in the electronic 
industry. You know, we read things in the paper. People have done hard work researching and writing up stories. And then we rip them off and uh, use them for our own benefit, and many times without without attribution. I try to, <laughs> I try as much as I can, but you, do, you all always have. You you really have. Yeah, but uh, you know, there's some cases where you or you might say, "Well, I read in the paper because I think sometimes I do something on the air and say, ah, they never mention my name, they never give the call letters.' Yes, so yes, L and yes. I'll just say, well, I read in the paper.'" But, oh, you, you poo-poo know. it that time. Yeah, but, I mean, it is truly with no, not trying to blow too much smoke up your skirt, but the fact of the matter is you and and, and, and people who work at the newspapers, whether they're Sentinel or anywhere else, I mean, they're doing the hard work. They're doing the good work. Thank you. I, I rest I, my I, case. I appreciate that, and, and I, <laughs> I love it. it. It gets in your blood. I, I still wake up. I think I've told you I'm a little crazy. My coffee maker goes at 4.50 off, and uh, I'm usually pissed off about something by 5.15. And uh, <laughs> if, if, we were, if we were living in a state where, that ran like a well-oiled machine, I might not have uh, much. Right. Around, but that's not our state, as you, as you well know. And, uh, and, and, and when you talk about we live on – the powerful people, they, they can poo-poo us all, all they want, but they know it, too. And I'm not trying to just, you know, inflate my own head. They can, they can go out to their uh, rallies and say, ah, oh, we don't read the newspapers. But let me tell you, they march their ass into the editorial board to beg for an endorsement every year. Right. And this morning when I had a question about death penalty politics, because I'm writing about it, I sent out my first batch of emails by six, at 638. And I think every campaign – for governor I'm talking about – and every campaign had responded within three hours. And, I, and I'm like, that's not me. Uh, it, it, it's, it's newspapers, as you say, it lives on, and I think for all the kvetching that, that, that people do, there's still a level of trust in newspapers that people don't get elsewhere, uh, and, and, and then the candidates and the CEOs and other people like that know it, and uh, as long as we can still make a difference, and I like to think we still make a difference sometimes, uh, I, I'll probably hang around as, as, if they let me anyway. Did they so give you a cake? Oh, they gave me a kick in the ass. No, no, a they cake, gave me not a, a sign kick. that said your key card works today. So uh, yeah, hey. exactly. <laughs> all right, I so what about uh, death penalty politics? What's that all about? So uh, yesterday, uh, Chris King, who we've uh, mentioned before, uh, he's a Democrat from Winter Park, uh, running for governor, and he's making a little bit of a move uh, in uh, on on the uh, polls. He just did a million dollar ad buy, which says something significant, yeah. and it's kind of a funny ad. I think you might like it actually. It's it's basically shows a, a bunch of uh, a sugar exec pouring bo- uh, piles of sugar into a like a country club types uh, bowl, and he's saying, "I'm the only guy not taking big sugar money." And it's a little bit funny, so I think that that's may, may be good. But yesterday, he also became the only candidate to say, "I am." 100% opposed to the death penalty. I will not sign death warrants if I'm elected. And, uh, you know, death penalty is about a 50-50 thing now. It, it, it's actually, it's probably like 55-45 in favor of the death penalty right. still, but it's about 55. But nobody, hardly anybody runs for office saying that. Most of the Democrats, and Bob Graham, one of the most popular governors in the state, he was still signing death warrants. The, the conventional wisdom is you can't get elected. Uh, you'll be seen as weak unless you, uh, you know, say you're going to kill some folks. And the rest of the Democrats, whether it's Levine, Graham, and that's that's the responses they all gave me. Well, they'll say something like, "Well, you know, personally, I'm opposed to the death penalty, but it's the law of the land, and selectively, I'm going to sign it." King is the only one who said, "You know what? I'm, I'm not going to do that," and that's a that's a big deal. That's a distinguishing thing. 
I think he's right. I think he's going to be on the right side of the arc. The arc of history will bear that out. Most civilized nations have stopped killing people. Most states of the United States have stopped killing people. Only four states in the entire United States have executed people this year. I think that's something people don't realize. Um, and it's partly it's because there's some moral issues. What kind of a message, messed up messages, you know, are going to kill somebody you know, to punish you for killing somebody. But more and more people are objecting because we get it wrong. We send the wrong people to death row. It's something that happens throughout the country, and Florida, as you know, has sent more people incorrectly to death row than any other state in the country. And I think there are people like me who, when you watch this stuff, when you see, I don't talk people get off on technicalities. I'm talking about people who are locked up for 30 years, right. and then they go, hey, oh, whoops, you know, the DA, we, the DNA, we said that you did it. Yeah, it turns out it was somebody else, but you, you, you were an illegal immigrant from Nicaragua, so who the hell was uh, looking out for you when we uh, put you on death row? Uh, but but the, when you look at this stuff, people say we, we're not spending the time to get it right, and we're not going to get it right. We can't be killing people. So I respect that King's done that. And, and, and if I could make one other point, the other thing that I think makes him different from, say, Aramis Ayala is he's telling people up front. Because while I agree with our state attorney, uh, she threw everybody a curveball and threw the court system into chaos by not saying squat about what she was going to do when she uh, ran. And now King, on the other hand, is saying, hey, here's where I am. You can agree with me, you don't, but I, this is where I stand, and he stands alone. She announced today uh, that uh, her office essentially is not going to demand cash bail for uh, persons who are charged, arrested on minor offenses. Right. I've been yakking about this for a mm -hmm. year, and I really knew nothing about it. I had a client one time for a couple of years. They're great people. I don't want to throw them under the bus because they were really nice people. They're good people. But uh, after you know paying some attention to the cash bail bond business, I've just come to the conclusion that it, uh, it's tantamount to, to government-sponsored debtor's prison. That's what it is. And, uh, and, it should be, and it should be done away with. I'm not saying, you know, people who are charged with very serious crimes that can be a harm to, our, to us or society or a danger or a major, major flight risk, uh, you keep buying bars. But you know, there's no reason, you know, somebody's in jail because they couldn't post a, a bond or make a, a you know, bail for what haven't license plates out of you know expired i mean that it doesn't make any sense at all number one or maybe number two it's a waste of money it's expensive to keep people behind bars that's right that's it that's exactly right yeah. and uh, and i need to, i need to vet her uh the specifics of her yeah. policy because i think it was just released about an hour ago but i inherently agree with uh, everything you were saying because what happens is that if if you if you you can make a case and you say it's just a minor offense and it's a $500 bail uh bond you got to post say well people say well that might sound like it makes sense well for a lot of people $500 might as well be $50,000 cash i mean we talk about this all the time 20% of 25% uh, of the central florida population pulls in less than 20 thousand dollars a year on a full-time job i'm not talking about people out of college this, this is a community where people scrub toilets for a living and they don't have 500 or 1500 dollars or three thousand dollars sitting around so if you give them this tiny thing you end up putting them in jail and then we end up paying for them for 15 days 30 days or 60 days and i think there's a growing recognition which i think is what she's getting at and what you're talking about that it's not good justice and it's not good finance now it breaks up families 
Um, you know, people who are thrown behind bars on a minor offense, they can't take uh, they can't take charge of their families. They can't be with their families. Then all of a sudden the state gets involved because the children are, aren't being taken mm-hmm. care of. They lose their jobs. So there's no way they can get the money to meet the, the, the demands of the justice system. Anyway, many there is an increasing number of uh, communities across the nation that have looked at this and have done away with it. And I would I would uh, not knowing any more than I do, I would compliment uh, the current state attorney for taking this particular action. It's, it's, I it's think, one yeah, past I think you're two. Right. And, and, and everything you just said is, uh, is, is right on. So they, they, get, uh, they get locked up, their families get busted up. Maybe we end up watching the kids who go into a DCF system, maybe whose leftover ends up going on welfare. And to go to your point, go back to the beginning. For what? Was it for driving with a suspended license? For a busted taillight? For uh, a, a possession of a single joint? I mean, that's all... Yeah. It's disproportionate. Yeah, and it costs us more in the long run. Let me, before I let you go, yeah. uh, because you jumped on the HOA bandwagon story. Mm-hmm. Um, after, who's, the, who's your fellow columnist there? She was all over this. Yeah, she calls them little Hitlers. She calls them little oh Hitlers. And I'm yelling. Yeah, I'm reading, I mean, I love her column, but I'm yelling. I say, you know, if you don't want to live, know what you're buying, and know, you know, and know the rules and regulations. And if you don't want to live in a community like that, don't buy a house in that community. Yeah. And, and I think you and I are similar. We talked about this a little bit when I was there. And by the way, that birdhouse uh, folks in Avita were listening when we were talking about her last uh, Wednesday, I do believe, uh, or her neighbors were because they called afterwards. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, sit where I sit, and I will tell you, th- some of these people are just absolute nut jobs. I have gotten calls <laughs> about they're trying, to, they're trying to put a lien on my house because I put up a birdbath, it's coral, and we're only allowed to do peach. And I'm like, oh, my God, if you can get a gun out of my drawer so I can shoot myself in the head. <laughs> Before I listen to the rest of the story, we've heard it about tiles, and I don't even mean tiles on uh, houses, tiles on the sheds. Some HOAs say you have to have a tile that matches the, sh- you know, the shed that matches your house. I don't care about any of this stuff. And, I, and when people say my homeowners association is you know, doing this bad stuff, I say, I'm prone to agree with you. But here's the thing. I didn't choose to live in that homeowners association. And the, and the tragedy you're talking about affects precisely one group of people, other people who voluntarily uh, decided to live in that. So, yeah, I think a lot of it's stupid, but, but if you don't want it, don't live yeah, in it. Yeah, well, a lot of it is stupid, but you know, there, there are a lot of people say, oh, that's the kind of community I want to live in, and they're fat, dumb, and happy in that community. And all of a sudden, a neighbor you know, puts up a flagpole with a POW flag on it and a big, gigantic uh, fountain. You know that looks like a like a unicorn, you know, in their front lawn, and there's lots of people say, "Look, I just don't want that in the neighborhood any more than I want a Seven Eleven there." You know, if you don't like it, don't move into one of those communities. And, and, right. and, and, and I'm going to say that probably half, if not more, of these homeowner associations work completely fine. And you're right. Correct. The point is that you can't have a house one day and decide you're going to turn it into a strip club uh, the next day or, 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 you know, paint your, your, the front of your house, uh, uh, make America great all over the entire no. you know, front of it. That, that's, that's fine. But uh, – but regardless, these are rules that affect only those people, and, and you can choose. And ask people. you got to ask before you buy your house. There you go. What's coming up in the next column? Oh, well, i got uh, death penalty politics to, uh, tomorrow, and then Sunday we're gonna, I'm going to think I'm going to talk about term limits. You're getting a big hose job, a booba mice, is, uh, yes, I would say that. Uh-huh. and a lot of the uh, campaigns. Yeah. Yeah. Good enough. Happy anniversary. Oh, thank you very much. And, uh, and a big thanks. The community no says thank you very much. Good mm-hmm. job. Scott Thank Maxwell, he writes the Taking Names column for the Orlando Sentinel. He joins us every Wednesday on Real Radio 104.1.
to win $1,000 is just minutes away on Real Radio 104.1. Chuck, do they play this at your prom? The Fifth Dimension, that is a, Ooh, the voice. Oh, too loud. Pipe them down there. Yeah. The Fifth Dimension, Jim, that was, that's the voice there of the great Marilyn McCoo, wife of Billy uh, Billy Davis. That's one of the great songs they did, The Fifth Dimension, one of the all-time great song, uh, groups of all time. Uh, what was the theme <laughs> of your uh, prom, do you oh, remember? By the way, Mary Wells. Mary Wells. I did not go to the prom. <laughs> you didn't go to the prom? No. Because during the prom, you know, people go to the prom, and after that, they go to the beach. They drink beer and stuff like that. Not me. I'm a man of moral scruples and standards. I went home with Louise and Vic. That's my parents, and I watch uh, baseball. Okay. That's what right. a man like me does. Okay. I knew You went to the prom, though? No, I didn't go to the prom. Oh, you didn't go. No, I thought I you just went home, home early. I stayed oh, home. Are you on the decoration committee or anything, at least? I was on no committee. I ignore proms. Proms for losers. What? I'm a winner. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Proms are for losers. You're a little shy. Were you, is that what oh, you're a little shy in asking a girl to the prom? Is that what was going on? Back then, I said to myself, nobody was, nobody is going to beat beat me down. Oh no! I knew going to the prom was the beginning of getting beaten down. Uh-huh. I could see it already. Yeah, you had that crystal ball. You looked into the future, said, "That's not going to be me." Right. When I'm sitting there in the, at high school, like I could just see in the early seventies, I saw men that were beaten down at the prom. Yeah. Not me. Uh-huh. I knew better. All right, it's time for Shot Dr. Casting Call. I take a movie, then I take a scene for the movie. We act it out on the air today. It's the Shot Doctor and Mr. Pinkman. Uh, this could be Jimmy uh, Worthy. Uh-huh. As was my last three. Those ones I, the one I did last week with Scott Maxwell might have been the greatest one yet. And the one the week before that might have been even better. They might have been the two most horrid performances in Shot Doctor Casting Call history. I vehemently disagree with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> vehemently. That means forcefully. Okay. All right. We yeah. have uh, some sound effects with this as well. So uh, you have to wait for my cue, all right? Don't just jump in there whatever you want. This is, uh, you have to, you know, you have to pay attention to the director, I'm all vet- right? I'm a veteran actor. All right. I'm, yeah, I'm don't I, don't, yeah, don't argue with the Fight. director. <laughs> I'm a strong director. I don't need any arguments. Okay. What I need you to, you to do is, is follow my direction and act, all right? Mm-hmm. Director, actor. Actor, director, everything set aside, cable set aside, lighting is absolutely perfect, everybody's on their mark. All right, assistant director, action. Listen to them. What are they? Not birds, mostly. Bugs. I wish they'd shut up. Thanks. You know, I keep listening for the dogs. It's too soon. It must have started by now. How fast do you think they, they can go? Ain't no road. They gotta come on foot, same as us. Animals in there? Some. What kind? All kinds. Uh, like what? Gators, wild pig, black bear. Well, how come they, they don't make any noise? Cut. 
Fumper. 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 No, I did not. Yeah, you did. You did too. Name one. You said, how come they don't make any noise? I said, how come they don't make any noise? No, you didn't. You, no, you didn't. You said, how come they de- de- don't, don't make any noise? noise? From the top, everybody. All right, here, here we go. All right, a board. little bit louder, maybe with the, you know, what sound and action. Listen to them. What are they? Not birds, mostly. Bugs. I wish they'd shut up. Thanks. I keep listening for the dogs. It's too soon. It must have started by now. Now, how fast do you think they can go? Ain't no road. Gotta come on foot, same as us. Animals in there? Some. What kind? All kinds. Like what? Like gators, wild pig, black bear. Well, how come they don't make any noise? They animals. They either being hunted or hunting. Either way, they don't make no noise. Well, I go with that. Listen. Must be a million of them. Not one of them understands what the other one is doing. They just both. Cut! What's wrong? What's wrong now? What happened? What? What? You said what? the wrong word. You said the you wrong word. Oh. What did I say? You said doing. It's the word is saying. Let's let's take it right from there. Yeah, Shot okay. doctor. All right, where I go with that. Listen. All right, you got that. Uh, you right. Oh yeah. Not me. I'm not acting. I'm, I'm number one. Ready? Okay. On your mark. Here we go. Action. I go with that. Listen. Must be a million of them. Now one of them understands what what the other one is saying. They just bugs. Bugs are people. Nobody understands anybody. They're animals. They're smarter. You keep quiet. You went for yourself. I go with that. What was that? Weasel. Who down must have got him? I thought you said they didn't make any noise. Only when they're dying, Joker. Well, that's a great way to live. You keep quiet all your life, and the only time you open your mouth is when you're dying. Cut. My God, was I good. I was emphatic. A Jimmy will be awarded. I a Jimmy will that. be awarded oh. for the person who is in charge of the sound effects. Nice. That would be for none other. For choosing the sound effects and playing the sound effects. That would be none other than Mr. Joshua Pinkman. Yay. Yippee. I accept. <laughs> Thank you, committee. Thank all the little people. Don't there's, like a in, there's a Jimmy in that film. Oh. I got to tell you what, Jim. My accent was so spot on that I get a Jimmy for that also for the third week in a row. Is that correct? There was no accent. No. What accent? Yes, there was. No, I had no. a tough guy accent. A tough guy accent. Yeah, a mid-New Jersey tough guy accent. I'm not uh, so what? sure about that. I don't know. Yeah. You know where Allentown, New Jersey is? That's I'm like an Allentown guy. A New Jersey guy. It's Allentown, Pennsylvania, maybe. That's yeah, what that I too. thought. Oh. <laughs> All right, so if you think right. you know the uh, identity of that movie, Texas, at Real Mobile 77031, this could be a tough one for people. My God, was I good. I don't even know it myself. I, I made it easy for you guys because I was a perfect vision of that character. I yes. made it easy for you guys. Really? That's what I do. I make it easy. You do. You make it very easy That's for us. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, no we can decide right away. That's why you didn't go to prom? That's why, well, one reason why I was, I'm also smart. Proms are for losers. Oh, boy. At least you stay true to yourself. I knew better back then. Back in 1973, actually 72. Well, how many girls uh, invited you to the prom? You None. Cert- Why, because they knew better? You wouldn't go? In, when I was in high school. Soon, somehow, somewhere well, along the line, you made it clear to the opposite sex that you weren't interested, interested right. in that kind of stuff. When yeah. did that happen? I'll tell you what it was. Junior Jerry. high, middle school. Somebody break your heart? Here's the thing. Yeah. Mm. That's well, what happened. His heart was broken. He swore off women for the rest of his guy, life. But he's not really a tough when guy. He's a softy. Yeah. And when I was in high school scoring touchdowns oh, for Winter Park High School, as the Jewish Bronco Nagurski, of course, okay, 
They'd walk up to me. I looked at them. It was like, I don't need to be bothered right now. I got stuff in my mind. I knew better. They knew not to even ask me to the prompts. I would, didn't want to go. Mm. It's the kind of guy that I was. You wouldn't have hurt their feelings and said no, would you? Nobody asked me. Oh, all right. Well, but, I, but, they, but I put up... I, I made they it, knew better, right? Don't, don't even bother. Don't it's the shot doctor. He's by, too busy thinking about making another touchdown. That's right. And they, they not going tell. to the prom. He's not going to go to the prom, so I why bother? I knew that going to the prom was step one and getting beaten down. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you did? I knew better, Jim. Yeah. yeah. Well, too smart for the rest of us. As, I'm, I've always been way step. I've always been steps ahead of everybody. What was the big sports story today again? The NBA draft lottery. Oh, what do we pick number six or Imagine something? Imagine pick number six. They picked number six last year. Drafted Jonathan Isaac. Can we get think... somebody good? Who do uh... we draft? Jonathan Isaac last year. Oh, okay. Would have been good. Had some injuries, but well, this was just the number, right? Did we pick? Correct. I, I no, 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 Jim. We just learned our number, so gotcha. we will be selecting gotcha, six. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. That didn't happen. Right. When is the official draft? That's on June 21st. Oh, it's yeah. not for a while. Mm. So we have uh, over a month now to figure out the guy you want to get. Yeah. That guy will be Oklahoma point guard Trey Young. Man that I like. He'll be there at number six. I think he'll be there at number six. You're predicting good things for the Orlando Magic. If they draft Trey Young, I certainly am. He's a point guard, which they really need. He can score, get in the paint. Really good Doesn't passer. it usually take a couple of years, though, for these guys to kind of understand what the NBA is all about? You take these college players, not to take anything away from their uh, from their physical abilities, but, you know, they're getting out there, and uh, it's like being uh, having a 4.0 in, in high school, and you're the smartest guy there, and all of a sudden you go to Harvard. Well, you're surrounded by uh, all these other people. Everybody's smart, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. If not a little bit smarter. With good so, coaching, if you're really a good player, it, it can happen very fast. Yeah, okay. I'm yeah. a big fan of Trey Young. He'll be and number six, he should be there. Mm. He's the pick. Point okay. guard, he's the right guy. What's on tap for dinner tonight? A uh, half of a uh, Publix roast beef sub. Yeah. What'd you have the other half for lunch? Other half was for lunch. Uh-huh. I would have had more of the roast beef sub, except Jack's Jack uh, brought me banana bread again. Oh yeah. yeah. His wife makes banana bread. Couple yeah. pieces. Yeah, I saw you had some slices in a ziploc yeah. bag. Yeah. yeah, I took care yeah. of that. So that pushed the public sub back to uh, when I get home tonight. Okay. So you ate all the banana bread? Yeah. Of course. You put butter on it? No. As is. Did you heat it up at all? No. Warm as it, is. Warm it up. Okay. No warming up necessary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Correct banana bread <laughs> does not need butter or being warmed up. Correct banana Agreed. bread. They bring it to you. You open the bag, eat it. That's that's when it's done right. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Fantastic. So I had public sub tonight. You said thank you, right? Yeah. Oh, I, I, th- I thank Jack. Okay. He didn't make it. Thank Naomi. He brought it. Okay. Yeah, but Jack's not beaten down, so he has to tell her all correspondence going to her. Yeah. Why don't you write her a little note? Thank That'd you very nice. much. That'd be nice. would be a nice thing to do. Is, is, she, listen- is she listening right now? I'm no. Sure. She's, because oh, she knows no. you're on. What? <laughs> I think you were insulted. Just saying. <laughs> She's listening right now, and Naomi, thank you very much. Hey, that's that's nice. See, you've come a long way. Look at you. Good for you. I have I have manners, morals, scruples, and standards all at one time. All right, shot doctor, great job. Thank you very much. Anybody <laughs> guess the movie? Oh uh, damn, I forgot. Wait, yeah. I don't even know what movie it was. I, Thank you, I don't I'm, know either. I'm looking at it. I don't think anyone has. I'll, I'll just give you the guesses. I heard Cool Hand Luke, Carlitos no, Waste, no, Elmo's no. Fire, Moonstruck, no. Jaws Three, Space Jam, Officer and a Gentleman, Deliverance, The Fast and the Fumferous, um, <laughs> White Panther. It's always sunny in Fumfordelphia. Uh, that's funny. 
It's not too bad. That is good. That was the Defiant ones with Tony Curtis and Sidney Poitier. Oh, yeah. That was obscure. I think it was a little obscure. It was a very popular movie at the time. Very well received and reviewed. I am Tony Curtis. You were. You were. There was no question about it. You are Tony Curtis. I am Sidney Poitier. Yeah, okay. Very good job, guys. Thank <laughs> oh. you very much. Thank you for shot. Th- thanks for coming in, shot doctor. Sure, next week. Appreciate See it. You we'll then. do it again next week. It's the Phillips File on Real Radio 104.1. It's time to rise above the butt jokes and hemorrhoid humor. Even if only for a few fleeting moments. And actually learn something. This is the Five Minute Professor. Oh, I always like to learn something new. Time for the Five Minute Professor. Greetings and salutations, Professor. And to you, Mr. Phillips, and the file. Where are you today? What closet are you calling from? I am. I'm. I'm well, you know, they moved me to the slightly less roomy broom closet here at the call center down the road from my house. Oh, okay. Well, all right. But, uh, you know, the uh, the walls seem nice, and I'm here with my stapler, so it's good. <laughs> Very nice. Good for you. Uh, happy May, by the way. I hadn't said that earlier, and here we are. It's already half over. Halfway through. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but May is... Salsa month. National salsa month. Salsa or salsa? Well, I think it depends on where you're from. And uh, honestly, sometimes pronunciations of words like salsa uh, are lost on me because I listened to the pronunciation uh, that was provided by the online Wikipedia yeah. pronunciation guide yes. 45 times, and each of them sounded the same to me. It was like this. There's a phonetic spelling, which is uh, with the accent before the first letter uh, in Spanish, and it's just spelled out salsa. And then in English, it's more salsa. But I said, no one talks that way. No, they don't. Nobody says salsa. Hey, would you, no you go to the store, pick me up a jar of salsa. If you're British, maybe. If you're salsa. Mm, salsa. Could you have some salsa? Yeah. salsa? A biscuit. Yeah. I like and some chips. Oh, no, yes. see, chips are French like, fries, so that's no good. Give me a package of, of biscuits and, uh, you know, and... and uh, some salsa. Salsa. I love the salsa. Salsa. Salsa making its way worldwide yes. is one of the most uh, universal yes. of condiments. Many people claim it is the most popular condiment. I don't buy that. They claim uh, it because well, it's true. That's BS. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of, I don't know, China and India. Oh. Where yep. they don't have salsa at all, mm. and a third of the population lives there. So good luck with that. Yeah, I, I think they say it's the most popular <laughs> condiment in the United States. In the U.S., I don't it buy says, it. not the I don't world. buy it. Yeah. I, don't, I just don't buy it. it it's possible. Ah. And here's how it could be. It's possible. Because if you measure it by volume, you eat a lot more salsa when you have salsa than you use ketchup. Uh-huh, that's true. Oh, you well, that... a lot more salsa. So oh, if, we're, if we're talking about the total amount of volume of yeah. salsa, uh, there's probably more <laughs> salsa made in salt than there is ketchup. <laughs> I don't view it that way. I view it as yeah. a container of or a bottle of. A jar of, yeah. And there's more... Contents. Bottles of ketchup sold than salt. Well, maybe not. Not really. Uh, you have no. one bottle of ketchup in your fridge forever. More right. people salsa have salsa. You replace more often. Not that many people are into salsa. I think more meals a week you use ketchup on no. than you would use yes, salsa. Yes, of course. But no. When what you, you use put... salsa, you use much more salsa than you would use ketchup. That's right, of course. 
you would use, use more salsa. But you know, more people are, you know, on a squirt to, a yeah, squirt squirt to spoonful ratio. Uh-huh. More people are squirting. <laughs> no, what do you have? A hamburger. What else do you use ketchup on? A hamburger? The one? French fries. At home? You're not making that at home? What, French fries? Yeah. Sure, you got those, uh, those oh, uh, that bag uh, of... No, the Orida. Orida. Those are good. The crinkly oh, yeah. ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah you right. put them in the oven. Boom, a little bit of salt. Some, some ketchup. Salsa? No not salsa. salsa. No. <laughs> See, it's By funny way, if you say it enough times. Salsa, salsa is a word we use as if it describes something. Uh-huh. You know, it's Spanish for sauce. sauce. Yes. It requires that. an adjective. It oh. must be modified. They don't ever just say sauce. Oh, they so don't. it's like, wait a minute. La, la salsa. No, no, it would be like salsa verde. You know, like the green. Salsa verde. The, oh, okay, the green gotcha. stuff. Or salsa cruda, oh, wow. which is raw sauce. What I think of as salsa Uh is pico de gallo, which is the rooster's beak. That's what it stands for. Uh, Also known as salsa fresca or salsa picada or salsa mexicana. But it's raw tomatoes, a little lime juice, some chili, some onions, some cilantro, and maybe some other vegetables thrown in. It's easy to make. Yeah, it's so easy. Oh, it's and really, and, and it's, it's worth making. It is. It's much better tasting than anything out of you a jar. You get that old El Paso. It's terrific. I'm oh, sorry. Old, now, there's nothing. No, you can't or the th- chilies or the cheat cheese oh, one. Out. Newman's oh, own. That works. Thank you. And there's I'm that not one saying from- it's bad, but that doesn't compare to fresh salsa. Well, salsa. If, Damn it. Now you're saying If it. you make crappy salsa, <laughs> yes. then I'd rather have Newman's if you can't well, make, If you can't make good salsa, yeah. uh, then Something's wrong with it's him. one of the easiest things to make. Mm-hmm. One of the things that is unique, or not unique, one of the things which is pretty standard in jar, jarred salsa, yeah. jarred salsa, uh-huh. uh, is that they are almost all picante sauces, which means the tomatoes are cooked. Oh, well, that's the difference. Fresh, they're cooked a little bit, that's and that's what makes them last longer. And vinegar is usually added to jarred salsa to allow for the preservation as well. So they're usually cooked to a temperature of about 175 degrees, and are not considered to be cruda salsa. Oh, fresh, right? That sounds tacos fresh. would be good tonight, wouldn't they? Taco oh, nights, are good yeah. Tonight. Taco, taco nights always good. Taco man. Wednesday, yeah, yeah. Taco Wednesday. That's you know not what? a thing. I think that, well, it could be a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's Taco Tuesday. Everyone knows that. Okay, no. Mo, uh-huh. you have yours next week. We're eating ours tonight. Uh, yeah, fine. can't have it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> With some salsa. Damn it. So salsa dates back to the Mayans. The Mayans made salsa using a mortar and pestle. Uh, well-known sauces include, according, in addition to pico de gallo, salsa cruda or raw sauce, which usually doesn't include the lime. That's one of the differences between pico de gallo and salsa cruda. Salsa cruda is usually just chopped tomatoes, onions, some jalapeno cherries, some uh, chilies, excuse me, not cherries, cilantro or coriander leaf. Uh, then there's salsa roya. That is a condiment. That's a Mexican condiment. Uh, it's cooked tomatoes, chili peppers, onion, garlic, cilantro, and it tends to be runnier. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't like, like that. what you think of as taco sauce. Yeah. Oh, I don't like that sauce. Salsa verde, as you mentioned, that's uh, made with tomatillas, yeah. which are usually cooked because they're a little bitter when they're raw. Uh, salsa negra, which is made from dried chilies, oil and garlic, no tomato. Uh, salsa tequera, yeah. which is made from tomatitas and a morita chili. 
there's a salsa criolla, which is made with a sliced onion base, salsa ranchero, which Enough. is the ranch style. Oh, my God. I'm tired of salsas now. Hold that thought, Professor. <laughs> All right. All right. Oh, my God. We'll get 30 more seconds on salsa and salsa when we return. <laughs> it's the Philip Follow on Real Radio 104.1. Check out the news. Here's Big Daddy. Thank you, Big Jim Weasel. There is now a bondage mask that places music. How are you going to hear the safe word if you're listening to music? Next, a man in South Carolina has been issued a citation for wrestling an alligator while wearing a chicken suit. Cool. It's like reverse gator land. Finally, time travelers have been invited to Stephen Hawking's memorial service. I like this. If there are any time travelers out there, show up in this studio right now. No. Huh. Guess they haven't worked it out yet. Headlines were brought to you by the free iHeartRadio app. Alexa, play Real Radio 104.1 on iHeartRadio. And transmission. Call now for person, place, or thing. 407-916-1041. When you owe money, the last thing you want to do is spend more money because you owe money. And that's what you do if you have credit card debt. When you're paying a high APR. Let's get back to the five-minute professor who gave us a lecture on salsa or some people say salsa. <laughs> salsa. 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 Now, here's something which is unusual about salsa in my life. It's because of salsa that I pronounce a certain location's name strangely. Okay, we'll go with that. It is because of salsa, and in particular, pace salsa. Yes. That whenever I hear the name New York City, oh, you I don't. reflexively say, New York City! Yeah, one of the greater uh, advertising campaigns, campaigns out yeah. there. Yes, uh, absolutely. Pace, salsa, 1980s. Uh, however, there is something about salsa which is definitely from New York. What's that? And that's salsa dancing. Oh. Salsa is a popular form of social dance originated in the Caribbean. The movements have origins in the Puerto Rican bomba and plena, the Cuban son, the cha-cha-cha, the mambo. But the dance and salsa music came together in the 1970s in New York. Salsa as we know it today. Yeah. Let's go to the club and uh, do, the, do the uh, sauce. <laughs> nothing to do with the sauce. Just, just the same name. We're going to go dance the sauce. It's uh-huh. a little bit better than dance the, the frug. Here's something that's weird about salsa music. Salsa music generally has 160 to 220 beats per minute. Damn Asian. Fast dancing. And they do three steps for every four beats. Uh So there's an odd number of steps per measure, and that's what creates the asyncopation. That's where we're going to end it, right there. Let's get into this pop quiz. We've got about five minutes, Professor. Question number one, Dirty Dancing Havana Nights, although maybe not the best movie in the history of cinema, it has some of the best filming of salsa dancing. The film was released in February of what year? Jim, 1995. More recently than 1995. Jack, 2000. More recently than 2000. Really? 2005. Less recently than 2005. Come on, Fritz. Come on, Fritz. Fritz. Mr. Fritz. Oh, three. Less recently than 2003. Come on, Pinkman, you can do it. Come so on. Before on. Wait a second. I have a long time here. No, no, more recently than 2003. Oh, okay. So more recently. Yeah. Between three and five, any number at all oh, you can think my, of. My favorite year, 2004. 
That is absolutely correct. Dirty Dancing, Havana Nights had a theme song sung by the Black Eyed Peas. They had their first top 40 hit, Where Is the Love, uh-huh. in what year? When did the Black Eyed Peas have their first top 40 hit, Where Is the Love, what year? Is uh, that oh. is in 1997. After 1997. There we go. Come on. 2000. <laughs> After 2000. Damn it. Well, oh, God. 2004. Right. Before 2004. There we go. Come on, Fritz. Come on. Hey, Fritz. Mr. Fritz. 2002. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After 2002. What are you going to do, Pinkman? I guess I'll go with 2003. That is absolutely correct. Nicely done. Good job, Pinkman. May 30th of 2003, <laughs> the Concorde had its final commercial flight oh, yeah. landing in what city? Jack. What city? Mr. Fritz. Oh, careful about Jim. this. I was going to say New York. Yeah, I was thinking New York, like... No, no, don't. Then you take the other end of it, if I'm wrong. New York? Wait a minute. New York City? Yeah. Absolutely correct. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, was well, combined, right? well, now, combined, how many World Series games were played at the Polo Grounds in 1921 and 1922? Those two seasons combined, how many World Series games were played at the Polo Grounds between the World Series in 1921 and the World Series in 1922? Combined. Two World Series. Okay. How many games played at Moira. the Polo Grounds? Uh, Moira. Yes. Uh, eight. More. Yeah, here's the deal. I bet it, two teams playing each other were sharing the same field. If it was short. so, the maximum it could yeah, be yeah, is yeah, 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 yeah. maximum could be is fourteen. Okay. So I will say thirteen. Thirteen is absolutely correct. There you go. Yeah, interesting thing nice about job. those two teams. I'll give you a bonus point if you know the two teams. Uh, Yankees and the Giants. Dodgers and the Giants. Giants. Yankees and Giants is right. I'm giving you bonus points for being right and then correcting yourself. Well, I'm going to add some bonus points if you'll take it. The great Tom Wolfe, the writer who passed away yesterday, one of the greatest contemporary American authors uh, of recent memory, actually was called up by the Giants to try out. He was a great pitcher. Wow. I'll give you points for that. Ralph Pol- uh, Ralph Lauren launched the Polo Line in what year? What year did oh. Ralph Lauren launch Polo? Okay, uh, Jack, 1968. 1968 is absolutely you know that? Uh, Don't you remember when you saw the movie, no. the post, and you were asking about the polo shirt? So oh, I knew it was the late 60s. <laughs> yeah. What musical wow. was Best Picture in 1968? Jim, what musical? <laughs> What musical was Best Picture in 1968? I have a clue if you need it. Yeah, give a clue. No, uh, Uh, give a clue. uh, What? Please, sir, can I have Uh, some more? Oliver. Oliver Oliver is absolutely correct. Nicely done. Oliver? The movie Oliver and Company was an animated film of 1988 with Billy Joel as the Dodger. How old is Billy Joel? Uh, 70. Ooh. Younger than 70. Moira, 69. 69 is absolutely correct. <laughs> Red is birthday list. What year was the 69th <laughs> Primetime Emmy Awards? What year? Oh. Oh, Jim, that's, uh, that was uh, 2000. More recently. Uh, 2010. More recently. Ooh. Uh, 15? More recently. Fritz. Mr. Fritz. 2018. Less recently. Uh, Oh, so it's either either 2017. It's 2017. Nicely done. Yes. What late night host host hosted the Emmy Awards last September? Emmys. The Emmys. Moira? 
Momo. James Corden? Uh, no, a different late night host. Oh, wait, oh sorry. Uh, yeah. uh, Jim, that's Conan O'Brien. Not Conan O'Brien. Pinkman. Mr. Pinkman. Jimmy Kimmel. Not Jimmy Kimmel. No, he did Oscar. Come on. Seth Come on, Myers. Jack. Seth. Fritz. Where's Fritz? Uh, no. Fritz. Fritz. Yes? Wait. Jimmy yeah. Fallon? Jimmy Fallon. Not Jimmy Fallon. Oh, no, I will... Uh, it... Wait, uh, late night Seth talk show host. There's going to be a night night host hosted the Emmy Awards last September. Seth Meyers, Stephen Colbert. Uh, oh, and Camembert. Camembert is a soft cheese from what country? Uh, Camembert, Jen. France. Mr. Phillips, France. France is absolutely correct. Hey. And Camembert is similar to queso fresco or a queso blanco. What color is he? Tomatillo salsa queso fresco. What color is it? Yeah, green. Green is absolutely nice. correct. Nice Ooh. job. I'm going to have to run. What? You guys did a great job, though. Uh, 40, 80, no, 98 points All right, with your good bonus job. points. Outstanding okay. job. Make sure you check out the 5-Minute Professor Facebook page. Uh, and find out when I'm doing all of my shows. Okay. Hi. All, all right, right, get out of there. They need the mops. Happened? They need to kick you out of the closet. Oh, my. Thank you, Professor. Good job. Five-minute professor happened, on Real Ready. He's got to go. He's, He's got gotta things go. to do. He started all speeding up the last yeah. couple of minutes. Of, and all of a sudden, I just go. All of a time schedule. He's too busy for us all of a sudden. I think he, he borrowed someone's office without permission, and that person came back. Oh, I no, just, no, 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 no. I think he paid for so much uh, phone time, yeah. and he was running out of time. It's a collect call. Yeah, like all of a sudden. You know, he paid for four minutes. Minutes, and he was at three minutes jail. and 52 seconds. Call, call from a state prisoner <laughs> at a correctional facility. They do not have the proper balance. Please enter your credit card. It seemed like there was some problem. Like was, salsa. If salsa. we took back half the times we said salsa, he'd have plenty of time. <laughs> yeah, right, no. I think it's the cleaning crew. They wanted the mops hey, and the get buckets. Out of there. And, hey, hey, I hear you have some salsa. You're not making fun of salsa. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, let's play some PPT, person, place, and thing. Aye, aye, aye. What just happened there? Uh, so much. Let's dance. Plenty of things to do. Yeah, you can try that with it. Uh-huh. Shake it. <laughs> oh, cha-cha. Yeah. All right, PPT, uh, person, place, and thing. What's the prize there, Mr. Pink? It's a pair of tickets to catch Little Steven and the Disciples of Soul at the Hard Rock Live this Friday. Go to realradio.fm keyword tickets for more info. All right, Michael, you're first up. Pick a person, a place, or a thing, Michael. Michael, wake up. A place. A place. Thanks. All right, clue number one. Thanks to Brad for the category. Thank you, Brad. Clue number one, a place. Jack will tell you that this place is half the size and one-third the population of New Jersey. What is this place we speak of? Half the place, Jersey. Uh, Is it a state? I'm not, no, I can't. No, no. It's, it's an uh, area. What is it's it? half the size and uh, half the size of New Jersey. One third the population of New Jersey. That's what Jack will tell you. Uh, let me see. Uh, okay, man. I anything out there. What? Houston. That's your final answer. Doesn't right. matter. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> see you later. Bye. Thank you. Here's Mark. Clue number two, Mark. It is mostly mountainous with 30% forest and 40% of land dedicated to agriculture. Well, Jim, my first guess was Israel, but that doesn't sound right. No. No. Mountainous? Mountainous. Mostly mountainous. 30% forest, 40% of land dedicated to agriculture. You know that half the forest lands 
in the world have are now gone. Really, it's sad. Mm-hmm. Huh? This is the nation we're talking about. Talking about a nation, yes, it is a nation. It's mostly mountainous, 30% forest, 40% land dedicated to agriculture, half the size of New Jersey, one-third the population of New Jersey. Um, I've got to be somewhere out by Honduras, Costa Rica. I'm thinking maybe, no. Just throw anything out there. Just throw, okay, um, uh, Costa Rica. Costa Rica, okay. That's not Costa Rica, but at least you tried. That's what's important around here, that mm-hmm. we try. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mark, here we go. Mark number two, clue number three. It was voted a top ten island destination by TripAdvisor. Mark? Mark! Are you there, Mark? <laughs> over. Hello, Mark, over. Mark! Mark, over. I'm going to drop him. I can hear we lost you. him. Yeah, she's gone. Salsa. George, here we go. I'll give you that clue in the next clue. It was voted a top ten island destination by TripAdvisor. Clue number four, your clue. You might be a jerk if you fail to know its national motto is out of many, one people. Yeah, that's a good one, Brad. Jamaica. Jamaica, you said. That's your final yeah, answer. Yeah, baby. Hey, you got it. Yeah, good job. Come on, earn your Jerk red chicken, stripes baby. by connecting Cool Runnings, Usain Bolt, and Bob ah, ah. Marley. Some uh-huh. information coming out of Orlando City. A couple of, we didn't mention that earlier. But it's reported they're tracking down the individuals who were in the uh, stadium for the last match and were throwing things on the field, and uh, they're uh, suspending them for a year. And if they show up, they'll be arrested for trespassing. They also have fined Will Johnson for for diving. I knew it. And they also are fining uh, Sané for mixing it up, and they're finding the team for having a mass conflagration or something it's called. Conflagration? I don't know, yeah. something like that. Well, so the MLS is handing That's those fines I mean. those to fines the players. Are from MLS, okay. yeah. But Jim's talking about punishment that the team is putting on the fans who were yeah. throwing objects onto the field. Yeah, I think they've already located some, but have said, guess mm. what, uh, you're not coming back here for at least a year. And if you do come back and we find you, uh, we'll call the police and have you arrested for trespassing. They got a serious to... business. They're good for them. I'm glad they did right. that. What I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Three fines came from MLS. You're right. No more of that flopping. All right, Johnson. <laughs> yeah, bro. Get it together. Yeah. yeah with a crybaby face. Not an anger mm-hmm. problem. <laughs> he, yeah. He just yeah. He's well, a little he, sour. He's intense. intensity. He's intense. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Intensity. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He's one of the. Never mind. I'm not going to go there. That... <laughs> Seeing who died here. Let it go. Oh. Oh, what do you think, Jim? Jack? You didn't. Me- we didn't mention oh. it earlier. Well, I mentioned it to Mo and uh, and uh, Pinky. What do you think the size of the obit for Tom Wolf was in the New oh. York Times? Oh, full page. Three pictures. Although he de- he doesn't need a lot of pictures. He's a, what? yeah three. Pi- I'm going three pictures. Full page. All right. The obit for Tom Wolf, one of the great American uh, novelists in modern history started on the front page with a photograph Mm -hmm. of Tom Wolfe and a story. Oh, a story. Yeah, and let's go to A22, and there's Tom Wolfe. Look at this. Tom Wolfe. Look at this. Hold on, let me find it Oh, multiple pages? Tom Wolfe. Two two full pages. Whoa. It's the open centerfold, like all, all across both. Oh, yeah. look at that! Two full pages. Oh, yeah, but, uh, what, one the of the picture. photographs. One of the photographs crosses the fold. Crosses yeah. the fold. Three other photographs, and then another little I don't know display showing uh, the book covers for three of his uh, best novels. 
which was the electric uh, Kool-Aid acid test, which is a great uh, book. The Right Stuff, of course, that was made into a good movie. And Bonfire of the Vanities, a good book that was made into a crappy movie. Uh, I may have uh, to read one of his books. Maybe I'll read Bonfire of the Vanities. Maybe I'll read that Kool-Aid whatever. The electric uh, Kool-Aid acid test? Yeah, Yeah. sounds interesting. That was, uh, yeah. You know, Kevin, Ken Casey and that group. You know what I'm talking about? Took the magic bus? Yeah, nope. If you're interested in in weed and uh, hallucinogenics and what was going on in the 1960s as the counterculture started, it's a good book. He's a great writer, by the way. And it's sad to see him go. All right. Snappy dresser, too. Very natty. Uh Uh-huh. Always with the white suit. (laughs) As a matter of fact, he would dress up before he sat down at the typewriter in his office. Three-piece suit. That's constricting. Tie. No. Yeah. Every day. And I think he I think he said he would have to write I don't know how many how many pages triple spaced. Ooh. 10. If he did it in 2 hours, he called it a day. If it took him 10 hours, it took him 10 hours. He would not leave the well, typewriter until he had I don't know what the number Whatever, was, a certain that. number. He had to do it every day. That's dedication. That's discipline, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Jim, for people sitting at their typewriters, it's a good time to update your resume for the Central Florida hiring event. It's happening this Friday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. Bring your resume. Meet employers looking to hire. Include uh, places like uh, Polk County Sheriff, Two Men in a Truck, Legoland, Coca-Cola, Jasper Contractors, uh, City of Winter Haven, Chick-fil-A, Massey Services, and more. You get more details on our website, or if you're an employer that you like to participate, go to realradio.fm slash hiring for the details. There we go. Let's get out of here. Good show today. Thank you, Shot Doctor. Thank you, Scott Maxwell. Happy anniversary. 20 years at the Orlando Sentinel. Thank you to the 5-Minute Professor as well. Other things tomorrow going on. We'll talk to Pat Clark. We'll talk to sports with Patrick, among other things. And we're back at 3 tomorrow, right after Shawnee's The News Junkie with Sabrina and C-Lane. They follow the monsters in the morning. Tonight, eat dessert first grade like a dog. Wander aimlessly. Pound your conk as often as you can. Buy your books with cash and eat some ants. Um, Bye-bye and take care. $1,000 is just minutes away on Real Radio 104.1.